Hey guys, Nick here, taking a quick break so that I can tell you about Dioli's Italian Market, my family business. We've been located in Winston-Salem since 2007, and we've been a vital part of the Wake Forest community for students, athletes, coaches, and faculty, and the Winston-Salem community as well. You guys have heard guests come on before. Anyone that's part of the Wake Forest community has raved about my parents' deli, our family deli, and the hype is real. It wouldn't be if we've been here this long. So I got a deal for you. If you come into the deli and you recognize me and you say, hey, I'm a big fan of the podcast or I've listened to you guys before and I love what you're doing, I will give you a free sandwich card with any purchase you make in the store. So you come in, you talk about the podcast with me a little bit, you purchase something, I'll give you a sandwich card that has all 10 stamps and then your ne the next time you come in, your sandwich is on me. So that's all you got to do. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for supporting a small family business that's been part of the Winston-Salem community for all these years. Thank you for listening to the show. And we are coming right back to you. Welcome in college baseball central fans. Back on the best coast, soon to be the second coast, ACC conference. You got Monty and Micah. How are we doing today, guys? I'm living the dream, you know. I'm I got good. to spend the day at the ballpark, so I can't complain. Monty, how are you? Uh, I am tired. Uh, it was uh, it was a fun weekend, but a, a tiring one, and I get to have uh, oral uh, dental surgery tomorrow morning, uh, so that I can be ready to roll uh, later this week. So, yeah, I'm just trying to get that in between baseball games, you know. Monty, I got excited for a second. I thought you were going to be in Waco to see Oral Roberts. So give me a, be a little. I, I got there. worried that we were no longer going to be PG the way he paused. I was like, wait, wait where, where are we going with this? So I'm glad. I'm glad that. Uh, I'm glad that your I mouth will be trying, feeling better after. Yeah, I was trying to get something set up at the same time, so that might have been why I paused just to make sure what I was doing was was right. So. Yeah. Uh, I guess before we break down the teams, Micah obviously rocking the East Tennessee State hat. Monty, um, you going with some Louisville red there, or what's what's the, the motto behind the red? Ah, let's go. I actually own that <laughs> shirt, Monty. shirt. Monty, I wish you would have told me I own that shirt. That's awesome. So, yeah, so obviously I was at uh, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Stadium for the inaugural uh, Jacksonville College Classic. Uh, that just occurred over the weekend, and I saw this shirt, and even though it's a Nike dry fit and kind of expensive, uh, I had to have it. So um, so it's uh, uh, Shrimpin' Ain't Easy um, for anyone who's listening on the podcast, because this is also uh, uh, ACC Just Means Less uh, podcast at the same time that it's a College Baseball Central uh, live show. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm wearing a Shrimpin' Ain't Easy uh, shirt that Micah apparently also owns. So we could have looked like twins, and then Jake would have <laughs> looked like a real buffoon. Jake would have looked like a real buffoon right now. I'm rocking the uh, the Idaho Vandals, so no relation to college baseball whatsoever. Just taking that way out of left field. Uh, not ACC related at all. So you know and, we got we got to mix it up a little bit. Nick is about to join us. Uh, so a little bit of an interesting start here. I know we said we'd start at eight o'clock. It's a little bit later, but we have some some great topics to talk about. Um, 
let's I mean let's just get into it and when Nick jumps on we'll just move in seamlessly. So here we go. Did you just Obviously, remove it when I added it? <laughs> no, I didn't touch it, Money. That wasn't me. Uh, no, we'll that was me uh, when I had to bring up the PowerPoint. So it had to show off a little bit of Liverpool um, in the background. So shout out to them winning the uh, Carabao Cup final the other day. Anyway, um, St. Bonaventure and Louisville, we'll start it off with there. Uh, Louisville, um, we know this is uh, – they won today during the midweek as well, by the way. So they've won their first four games of the year. They're back to 500. Um, obviously, we're talking about these um, Friday games here or uh, these weekend games. Um, the starting pitching continues to do pretty well. Uh, on Friday, the offense didn't really get going, but then you can see they really got going 21 runs on in game two, 15 in game three, 18 in game four, and then today uh, against um, – who were they playing? Um, I just scored the game, but they scored – Eastern Kentucky, thank you. I scored about three games this afternoon, so I was losing track, and they were the early games. So they scored a bunch of runs again today. So um, they're looking a lot better than they were in the first couple of games. And um, let's uh, – I want to talk to Micah about it first because I know Micah's on the Louisville bandwagon. He's a big Louisville guy. What are your thoughts? Is this a big, big series to get them back on track? They're back. I mean, Louisville's back. I mean, just plain and simple. No, I – it was definitely promising to see the bats finally get going. I mean, the bullpen is obviously still very scary. I mean, you look at the quality of opponent, you know, their St. Bonaventure has two wins all year. Right. And and one is obviously, you know, that Louisville ball club, Eastern Kentucky has one win all year. Uh, and then this weekend, obviously we'll get to previews later. It's winless Youngstown state. So, you know, this is, this is a definitely get right kind of situation for Louisville. Um, I did remove them from my field of 64, which broke my, uh, my heart, but you know, it was Carson Liggett day. So happy Carson Liggett day to all that celebrate such an important holiday. But you know, I, it was nice just to see him kind of get going. I mean, I, I think you, you saw quality outings for the starting pitching, which obviously was nice. Um, and again, when you're when you're scoring an average of 18 runs in the last three games of the series, that's a uh, there's not too much to complain about there. Yeah, I mean, it really kind of alleviated to a lot of their pitching was earlier because they really weren't impressive in that first weekend. Um, but Sebastian Gregoria, I mean, he's going to be the Friday night guy. They're going to get six innings out of him going forward. Um, I I don't think the bats. An ACC player going to score 21, 15, and 18 at the tail end of weekends. But I think the bats are going to be a lot better than they were first weekend. Um, Luke Napleton had a, just an absolutely monster weekend going six for 11, three doubles and a home run with six RBIs down in the bottom. And even in his five um, kind of outs, he's, he still took very qu good quality at bats. But, Monty, uh, how do you feel about this Louisville team? Because I, I got off the bandwagon very, very fast. I know Mike is still on there. But – it feels bad. I know they went three and one, but they don't feel like a quality team like we thought coming into the year. So I watched them today and I feel a lot better. And and from what I looked at over the weekend, um, they had a, they did a lot of soul searching this weekend. Um, I'm looking at my stats um, as Nick joins us and they started a lot of their kids. Uh, um Lucas Moore is obviously, he's been starting since day one, but that's a freshman. 
they started playing Matt Klein as the primary catcher. I know we have uh, Napleton in there, but he's been getting in there a lot as DH. They got Zion Rose out there who hit his first uh, Louisville home run. And it really looks like the kids have been looking really good. And some of the older guys like Isaac Humphrey and Ryan McCoy and Logan Beard, those guys have been struggling. And then this weekend they put the kids in and, and, and they were, they were um, looking really good. So uh, Brandon Anderson also got off to, you know, made his debut um, this past weekend uh, for the season and, and really had a good, um weekend as well i think he played in the two of the two of the games or three of the games excuse me and he went five for ten um but he also hit a monster home run today so i think they're better than they were obviously week one and the other thing i saw is that they're kind of getting back to their identity which is about um running running and um stringing together hits Um, I, I guess that's kind of all she wrote on Louisville. I think that they're probably going to be 14, I think for the foreseeable future in my eyes and Amica's is a little bit higher, but Mario, let's go ahead and get on to that next game here. Um, just kind of go Excuse forward. We're we not moving on. Oh, I thought that was it. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, no. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's cool. No, I just was, you yeah, know, it's fine. Um, uh, Nick, how are you doing? Nick, Nick, can you hear me? We cannot hear can Nick. Anybody here? Nick is. We can hear you, today, guys. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I was just making sure because I was like, <laughs> all right. Anyway, we're moving on to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and, uh, Monty, uh, the Pitt Gritsburg. Panthers. Gritsburg, Monty. Jake, I'm about to push you out, man. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> just kick you out. Anyway. Um, Pittsburgh, uh, they won the weekend again. Uh, they played on Monday as well against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They took three of four and really, I mean, one inning in game two against Maryland was a seven run inning. You take that inning away and who knows what happens against Maryland. Obviously you can't just do that. That's not how the game works. So, uh, they're six and one, um, playing pretty well. My, my really impressive thing was Ryan and Drady on, on, in game one, they're still stretching them out, but he pitched phenomenal. Uh, one run, nine nine strikeouts, and then Ryan Zuckerman, the freshman, hit two home runs in the game, including the walk-off to win it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like from this gritty, gritty Pittsburgh team. The, the competition definitely stepped up a lot this weekend. Washington, while they are winless, they are still Power 5. Maryland's probably the best team that's Pitt's going to play outside of ACC play. And then A&M Corpus Christi at their home. I mean, those are always kind of pesky games. But how about Dom Pompa, the senior um, he had three doubles, was really, really hot all weekend. He's really the one that kind of shined on me this weekend. And, again, the the Pitt Panthers are leaving Texas going 3-1, and one, which, again, I didn't think that that was something that I was going to be saying at the beginning of the year. There's a lot to like about Pitt baseball at this time. Michael, what are your thoughts? I'm going to push back, man. This this seems like a mirage. I'm sorry. I, I don't see it. I mean – like I'm happy for them, but Maine has looked very, very bad to start the season. They got they, run ruled. They, play? They, they got run ruled by uh, Stetson the other day. Oof. They lost the Army by seven. Like they, they did run rule Fordham, so I guess they got that going for them. But they're one in five. Washington has looked not like the Washington team that made the tournament last year. 
Maryland looks down from last year as well. I mean, they're not bad by any means, but that's the pit loss. Texas A&M Corpus Christi, I mean, if you watched any of the game on Monday, the ballpark kind of speaks for what the investment of that program is. No offense to the Islanders, but let's just call it what it is. That ballpark was about as league it could be in Division One baseball. It's just I want to think this team is good. And we'll find out this weekend. We'll absolutely find out this weekend. So that's the good thing is we don't, I don't have to keep questioning it, but I mean, tomorrow they've got Youngstown state who I already talked about. Hasn't won a game. In my opinion, they haven't looked overly impressive. I mean, the Washington win was a, a good win. I mean, it's by no means a bad win, but you know, it's a part of me is starting to wonder if maybe I'm, buying in too much into what you're selling me monty <laughs> okay so here's the thing it, it it that that's the fun of rooting for pittsburgh because it probably is a mirage right like like you said that's why it's so fun to jump onto that because chances are you're not going to have a ch- i'm not going to have a chance to be selling anything in a couple of weeks right so that's part of the fun of of rooting for a team like pittsburgh is chances are it is a mirage and they are going to come back to earth, but it's fun to root for a gritty underdog, in my opinion. So that's everything Mike has said. Absolutely true. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts? And we Uh-oh. still not, cannot hear Nick, unfortunately. Well, Nick's just Nick's going to be just here for his good looks then. Yeah, or just, his uh, sign just, language. Huh? Nick, or, how's your sign if, language? Yeah, sign language, listen, yes for us? <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, he is on the video, but unfortunately, uh, hey, have you tried putting your headset down? Maybe that's what it is. The microphone on the headset on the... Uh, well. He never does that. It's for some odd reason, he never does it. Uh, well, but, anyway, it's actually I guess, his like uh, satellite antenna, so that's actually the connection, Monty. So, uh, so Nick agrees that Pittsburgh is the greatest team in uh, ACC baseball right now. Um, anyway, uh, they let's would move sweep along. Wake Forest in a in a three game series, according to to Nick. Speaking of uh, Wake Forest, here we go. The Demon Deacons are they back? I know some people were concerned about the offense, especially following their loss to UNC Greensboro. But they score 14 runs, nine runs, and nine runs again in the finale. Um, I am dang it, I'm really upset about that typo. That is Dayton. They played all three times, not Akron in game three. Um, this is what happens when you do a slideshow in a rush after driving from Florida to Virginia. Um, I thought I had done pretty well. I obviously had not, and I should have checked them today. But uh, Wake Forest, they're not hitting the home runs. Um, they're focused on, you know, just good fundamental hitting extra, you know, hitting doubles, getting getting on base, and it's working a lot better. So, uh, Jake, we'll start with you. What are you thinking about uh, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons? I'm really kind of buying back into the stock on Wake Forest. They almost needed that kind of everybody gets one moment in their midweek. Josh Hodder went out through six innings, one earned. Um, I know Chase Burns that a lot, a lot of Tennessee fans are saying, hey, you know, this guy's kind of locker room issues, avoid him. I don't really see that, at least early on in the season from him. I know that Tuesday was kind of an up and down season or up and down kind of game. I, the vibes still kind of seem to be high in Wake Forest. That's the one thing that I'm really kind of watching a close eye on is kind of how the vibes are. And everything from this weekend, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could sit here and say that the bullpen wasn't very good on Sunday. But again, it's early in the season. They're struggling. They're not necessarily struggling. They're just trying to find guys who they can get when they get into ACC play. 
So I think once that gets in, they're going to get that cleaned up. And again, like we talked about in the preseason, this isn't going to be the same Wake Forest that hits home runs, bangs it around the yard like that. They're going to be more gap to gap. And I think that's what we saw this weekend. Yeah, apparently that doesn't include Jack Winnay, who hit three home runs over the weekend. He hit another one today during their midweek. So he is settling in uh, fairly nicely into a uh, starting <laughs> role. Um, so he is is hitting home runs. Nick Kurtz only, I think, has one on the year, but he's still able to get on base and hit doubles. So um, I don't have a lot of issues with Wake Forest. I am excited about the Wake Forest Duke series. I'm officially going to that in a couple of weeks. We're going to find out really quickly once Duke gets out of uh, gets into conference play how good they are because they're going to finish or they're going to start against Duke at home and, you know, facing those pitchers and then their lineup or uh, facing the Duke pitchers to find out how good their lineup is. And then they're going to go to Virginia and find out how really good their pitchers are against the Virginia lineup. So a lot of fun, Micah. Well, you, you forgot about the following weekend, the juggernaut that's the Louisville Cardinals. So I'm a little offended by you just <laughs> choosing to leave them out. But no, I mean, I, I think with Wake, it, it's kind of a, it's a double-edged sword in my opinion. Like they look like a top 10 team again. I mean, I, I'm not questioning yeah. whether this team is good, but the expectation was clear cut number one. And they still don't look like that to me. They don't. Right. I mean, I, don't, I would even say they're not the, the, the number one team in this conference right now from what we've seen. You've mentioned, you know, I think we've seen just again, based off the quality of opponents that Virginia and Duke have had to face so far this year. There's an argument that, again, I, my power rankings, I didn't have Wake in my top top two. I mean, I don't know for everyone on this pod how, how, how you all saw it. But, you know, I think I've just seen more, you know, from Virginia and Duke. Again, we'll get to see them early. They also, you know, in between that beautiful sandwich of Duke and Wake is a road game to Coastal in the midweek. So so we're, we're going to learn about Wake pretty fast uh, starting once March rolls around after this weekend. But, yeah, it's – I mean, at the end of the day, I mean – we saw human chase burns and the steam still won by six. So if we, if well, we, and if he's, that's I mean, the, uh, he's still had eight Ks in five innings. Exactly. Like get that's a three, bad so. outing for Chance. I think Wake's going to be just fine. Yeah. So by the way, we will be talking about power rankings later in the show, all of our power rankings, but all three people that are currently on the show right now, uh, none of us put Wake Forest in our top three. We all put them at number four. Everyone else put them in either two or three. So, we're the smart ones here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting situation, but, I mean, Wake Forest is, is not really playing anybody, so it's not really, uh, you know, the, the only thing we can do is either go, okay, that's what they're supposed to do, or we're going to complain about their performance. So not much to, to learn about Wake Forest until they really get going in conference play. Yeah. Um, is Micah, there, or really not, not Micah, is Nick going to try and come back? He is. He's trying to get his mic all squared away. So we may, we uh, we may never see Nick again. This might be, you know, if I want to pour one out for Nick real quick. But yeah, Jake, uh, you had something to say. I was just gonna say. I mean, I I still feel like Wake's the number one team. I mean, what we've seen from Hardell, Burns, and Massey. I don't think anybody, not even Arkansas, could touch that front line rotation. Yeah, I mean, the opponents haven't been great. They've kind of slept walked through it, but. Again, I think they're playing with a lot of stuff in the back end of the bullpen and stuff like that and pitches, pitch recognition. So I, I think take everything with this weight team almost with a grain of salt until we get into ACC play. Because I, I think we saw more of the same last year with LSU where they kind of were sleepwalking through a lot of their early games. And, and Wake Force is sleepwalking on the weekend and doing fine. Like, 
you know, yes, they dropped yeah. the the midweek at UNC Greensboro, but they're they're still winning games on the weekend right now. So, anyway, we're going to move along to the Noah's Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, Monty, and, uh, go ahead and get it out of the way. The kind of the elephant in the room. Can I, I, can I, there, can but... I just uh, correct thing real quick, just so that way again, there's another typo on the sheet. You had the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets sweeping the weekend. Just wanted to to mention that um, for our wonderful I the, listeners. I, 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 I did I did have the I did have the score correct, but the wrong uh, correct correct to being incorrect. Order. So um, it was a it was a yeah game eleven four in favor of Cornell over Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia Tech takes two of three. Uh, you know. And, and Jake wants me to get the elephant out of the room, but we're not going to do that yet. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, Peyton, Peyton Green. Drew Burris hit four home runs today, uh, just shortly before this show is going on, broke a school record. He is the nation's leader. That's nine home runs in eight games. He also has five doubles. He's unreal. And uh, this morning I tweeted out kind of, or I talked about a debate between him and Daniel Cuvet, the third baseman for Miami. And, and uh, it's, it's Cuvet's move now tomorrow night. So if you want to keep up with, uh, w- with being close to Drew Briss, we need to see three or four home runs tomorrow night, Drew Coke uh, from you in, uh, <laughs> in Miami. So um, yeah, let's get started. Uh, Mike, I know you've got some pretty, uh, some pretty strong opinions about this Georgia tech team and, and, and you're not very impressed with them. Well, first off, I want to be very clear. It's not that I'm not impressed with Georgia tech, similar to what I said about, you know, Pitt beating Cornell and Radford means absolutely nothing to me. I'm I'm just being transparent. You know, as someone that loves mid-major baseball, you know, it's kind of my, not my, entire livelihood but big part of my livelihood especially (laughs) this time of year you know like i'm glad that they're taking care of business i mean at the end of the day that's what matters i mean i'm gonna be honest today was the most impressive just they got the pitching i mean again we can talk about how great drew burris is over and over again but even without him you know the offense was still clicking like you take away his home runs they still win what four nothing five nothing something like that so you know they still get it done without him um in, in tonight's game and you know, the, like the midweek has almost been where i'm most impressed like going on the road to georgia southern and taking you know the game there last tuesday like i mean if, if they were undefeated right now i know this is it's so unfair because again it's all about series right it's not about taking you know like sweeps are obviously nice but they're not the end all be all but cornell's not a good baseball team like let's just rip the band no. off right now I mean, seeing that concerns me because, you know, when you get to ACC play, you can't play like that. And, I mean, even in the the, the opening game, the 9-6 win, I'm just going to be honest, you play half the ACC like that, you probably drop it. So it's it's a, it's a kind of like, again, same thing with Radford. Like the, like the Saturday and Sunday games were a little bit more close than they probably should have been for the hype that we're seeing this Georgia Tech team receive. That being said, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, if Noah's watching and or listening, Noah, I just want to do my apology now. Leaving Georgia Tech off even my first four out or my next four out of the bracketology is probably the wrong move. Right now, Georgia Tech has looked better than Louisville, but I'm letting my heart tell me things that my brain and my eyes want to see. 
or are seeing, excuse me. So to be very clear, Georgia Tech fans, we actually have a lot that follow us on our page. I'm sorry for doubting Georgia Tech, but maybe that's best for you. I doubted them in football in the fall, and they actually had a pretty good year. So maybe maybe that should just be my new thing. It's just Georgia Tech hater. But yeah, I was going to yeah, say just, Georgia Tech fans don't. He's not sorry. He's not even a little bit sorry. <laughs> I mean, I uh, had Jay, to point out uh, you had them sweeping Cornell. Clearly, I hate them. I was like, oh, he forgot something. Let me talk bad yeah. about Georgia Tech. <laughs> uh jake I, what do you think are you do you agree with mike or 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 um or do you feel different um i kind of feel a little bit differently about him um i mean obviously cornell is not the class of the ivy i think the only two there are Penn and columbia but uh radford isn't like abysmally bad i mean they, they blew out lemoyne in their two games but we're getting sidetracked here um i think the scary terry move out of the friday night uh with terry, terry bussy obviously last week started on friday pitched really really good does he kind of slide into that Sunday role where Mason Patel's really, really struggled through those first two games? I mean, four innings, four runs. Um, isn't really going to get it cut in ACC play. But again, Drew Burris, the, the kid is an absolute monster. He's 5'8", and he generates power like he's 6'6", 240 with the way he hits the ball. Just a violent, violent, very quick swing. So, I mean, I think that's something that as we move into ACC play and the pitching kind of steps up. Yeah, he's not going to hit four or five home runs in a game, but I think the power is still going to be there when they get into ACC play, which, again, Monty, we talked about it in preseason. How are these freshmen going to react? Drew Burris, I mean, Drew Burris alone is, is indicating that it's going to be a good, good freshman class. Yeah, and and two things that I thought were really, um, really interesting, because even in past years, Georgia Tech pitching has struggled mightily in non-conference play. doesn't matter how bad the team they were playing was. But the way Cameron Hill uh, and Aiden Finitary have pitched so far this season is very, very um, – it looks good. Um, that gives you some hope that they have finally figured out some pitching. Um, obviously, they've got some major issues elsewhere. And uh, so – but if those guys continue to pitch well, um, that that helps a big a, – a lot. So um, we'll see about Tech right now. Um, TBD. <laughs> so I think they're they're kind uh, of in that pit category where we all want them to succeed, but the returns we need to kind of pump the brakes on a little bit. But so they're wagon wagon alert. Question for you guys. I, I, I don't know how we wanted to preface previewing upcoming weekend series. And I don't necessarily want to deep dive it, but I think because of what, what's happening this weekend with you know clean old fashioned hate between Georgia Tech and Georgia this weekend, you know, both teams are off to incredible starts and not really receiving from a national standpoint, we're talking about undefeated Georgia, not even ranked. You've got Georgia Tech, obviously, one loss, you know, not being talk talked about from a national standpoint of being ranked. Like, I mean, obviously, it's a show me weekend, but this is, I'm hoping that the, the you know, Jake, maybe you're going to lean SEC here, Mr. Sometimes SEC guy, sometimes not. But, I mean, who, who do you feel is, is more like their, their record is more accurate of, of what type of team they are? Is it Georgia or is it Georgia Tech? Because that, we're going to learn this weekend, but you know, I know I just said, oh, I, I'm a little hesitant on Georgia Tech. I still feel more confident in them than I do Georgia. I think Georgia Tech, with that loss in Cornell, the pitching issues that they had Friday, I think that that's going to be more of the team that they are than an undefeated Georgia who's kicking the snot out of everybody. I mean, I know Wes Johnson from LSU was the pitching coach is, is going to get them playing a lot better, but it still is the Charlie Condon show. 
I think that they still have kind of the talent to be one of the top SEC teams in that second tier. But I think Georgia Tech's pitching issues against Cornell are kind of going to be more of the same of what we see from them. I don't know. I, I'm I, I I like the way Georgia Tech is going to match up, and it's not the Charlie Condon show. No one's talking about Charlie Condon today. When when Drew Burris hit four home runs, are they? <laughs> it's the Drew Burris show, true. my guy. No one, uh, no one, I, no one is talking about Charlie Condon today. I will give you that one. Yeah, by the way, he, yeah, yeah, he's one of the best players in the country. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm only making <laughs> uh, jokes here. So, uh, but Drew Burris is the talk. Yeah, true Burris is the talk of the town right now. That's a that's the biggest word I've ever heard you use, by the way, Jake. Well played. Um, so, but yeah, we're gonna find out this weekend. That's gonna be a really fun one, and they're doing the one one and one thing. Except it's going. We'll talk about it later, but I think it's going uh, at Georgia Tech, then Georgia, then neutral, as opposed to one the neutral being the middle game. So, moving right along here. To- Another team that is quietly doing pretty well, the Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, they did lose a midweek game uh, to James Madison at James Madison. Um, they came all the way back, from, I think, down 7-1, to one, um, but ultimately got walked off in the end. But they steamrolled Rhode Island this weekend in their home debut. Let's see if we can hear Nick. Nick. What's up? Hey! Oh, my goodness. All right. He, he was actually just waiting because he knows NC State's around the corner. So he was like, I'm just going to wait to hop on when they when I can finally talk to my boys. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much to say about them, but I'm doing this on my phone now, so I don't know what's going on with my laptop. Hey, Mark Garland does the weekend rotation every weekend on his phone, and he seems to do fine. So no, no, uh, no sweat off our back for getting on the phone there. Well, I'm very sorry, guys. I don't know what the hell's going on with my laptop. It wouldn't, it wouldn't let me talk through my mic, and then all of a sudden, it wasn't letting me uh, turn on my camera. So I'm not sure what's going on. I did a hard reset on everything. Wow. Yeah. So Jeez. we're thriving. Well, we're um, surviving. <laughs> we've moved on. We're talking about Virginia Tech. Um, they how they steamrolled Rhode Island. I'll start with you since you haven't been able to talk about any of the other teams. Your thoughts on how Virginia Tech performed this weekend and how they're looking overall? They're kind of the under the radar team so far in the ACC. We tend to highlight all the top twenty five teams and we pay te- close attention to them. But I know Micah was a little higher on Virginia Tech going into the season. They could make some noise, but. They did well against that in that Charlotte series, and now they just swept Rhode Island. I mean, you're not in a bad place at all if you're Virginia Tech. You're kind of right where you want to be and probably achieving more than what meets the eyes and exceeding a lot of people's expectations so far. I mean, they're 6-1 and one right now, so they're, they've been doing really well. I have nothing to complain about when it comes to Virginia Tech. They're hitting the hell out of the ball, too. Didn't they lose in last week? I don't have their schedule in front of me, Monty, but I know you're a little bit they more. They lost to JMU in the midweek. They lost. That's their only loss. They, they lost JMU in the, the midweek. They're five and two. No, they lost to Charlotte in the, the finale. So, uh, but I will. That's what the it was, big yes. thing for me is how is um, the pitching performances. Their pitching looks much improved. Again, they're facing. I mean, Charlotte isn't the team they were last year, but they're they're not terrible. Um, Rhode Island's, eh, but I mean the. Virginia Tech wasn't pitching well against these type teams either, but um, the bullpen had shutouts uh, in their performances on in game one and two, and then you see Griffin Steeg in game three went five shutout innings. So 
really a lot to like about the the bullpen. Um, Micah, what are your thoughts on the Virginia Tech Hokies? Uh, they're from near your hometown, I believe. Pitt's going to catch a stray right here, but we've been talking about how special Pitt is, right? Virginia Tech has been way more impressive than Pitt. Like, I'm just trying to be honest here. I mean, their, their losses in the midweek to James Madison on the road in which they battled back down early to force that game to be interesting. By the way, James Madison already hosts a win at Baumwalker Stadium in Fayetteville. They swept Fairfield, who was the preseason favorite in the MAC. So, like... They have been like James Madison is a way better loss than Cornell, or um, I would even maybe even make an argument that like James Madison's a better loss than Maryland. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. You know, they've been dominant. You know, they dominated Radford again today, which you know we, we just gave some flowers to Georgia Tech for what they did with them. I mean, Virginia Tech got their revenge last year when they played at. Radford, they lost like 21 to 16 in the craziest game I've ever watched on ESPN Plus for a midweek. And then they host Stony Brook this weekend, who again has that win over LSU. So, you know, they've, in my opinion, looked pretty impressive overall. I mean, again, they got two losses. I understand that's not the same as, as, a, as a Pitt or a Georgia Tech, but. I just, when you factor in again, they went on the road to Charlotte. They went on the road to James Madison. They, like they were at Rath, like they've had one, they've had three home games and five road games so far this season. So I've just been impressed with, with what, what this team is. They can hit. And again, we've seen quality pitching from this team. I mean, zero, five, seven, or excuse me, five again, or no, it was 10. Sorry, in the loss. But like, just again, you look at in the last couple outings, it's three, two, two, and four. I mean, they've done a great job. Uh, you know, obviously have the stats up there. You know, Griffin Steeg looked fantastic again. I mean, I'm kind of surprised he's the Sunday guy, but it's still early. We'll see how this all shakes out. But they just, they've just, I know, again, I know it's Rhode Island. I know it's, you know, not the most you know dominant out-of-conference schedule. But if we're going to give flowers to Georgia Tech and Pitt, we definitely have to give them to Virginia Tech as well. And, again, makes my stomach sick to do that. Um, I, I, will, I will point out that they had 10 extra base hits on Friday, they had 10 extra base hits on Saturday. They only had four on Sunday, but they scored 14 runs. So um, the bats are going to play uh, in ACC play. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Carson Martini, uh, Garrett Michelle, those guys are dudes. Um, Christian Martin, Chris Canazzaro, dudes. Ben Watson almost hit for the cycle, but decided to get a double instead of a single that would have completed it. Um, on Friday, yeah, he went two, uh, he went four for six with two doubles, a triple, a home run, seven RBIs. So he could have got, he could have just stopped at first and gotten the cycle, but you know, he was uh, hungry for those extra base hits. Unselfish baseball money. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts? You'd be happy. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. You'd be happy to know that Virginia Tech also had 10 extra base hits today against Bradford. (laughs) And I know their their freshman shortstop had his first uh, career home run and his first career start. So did he get to mine the hammer bang? I think they've they've got it set up so they can actually do the hammer bang, and it doesn't count. It counts as being in the dugout. That was the stupidest thing because the NCAA argued that they would go out and do it like right by the pitcher. That was why they banned it. But uh, just to talk a little bit about this Virginia Tech team, I mean, yeah, the the Rhode Islands and the other series, we knew that coming in. But I think what we didn't know coming in is just how much these pitchers were going to fill up the zone. Brett Renfo, only two walks. Wyatt Parliament, only that one walk. Griffin Steig on Sunday with the one walk. I mean, that's stuff that when you really get into ACC play, 
filling up the zone is going to matter. Yeah, your strikeouts are going to go down. Your hits are going to go up. But if you can keep those pitch counts down low, limit the use of the bullpen. I mean, that's what Virginia Tech really, really loves to do. That's what we've seen in the past is they'll throw their starters 100 pitches every week like they're uh, Paul Skeens. But the bats are are hot for Virginia. But we knew that coming in. But I'm more – I know this feels dirty. Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, sorry. You got to correct. He's going to do it, but I was like, yeah. Mm. yeah Monty, Monty yeah. always corrects me. It, but it feels dirty – talking about how good the pitching is when they've had three of four extra base hits be double digits. But again, I think that this is just more, I I come away more impressed with this Virginia tech staff. They're a lot deeper than I think that they lead on. One more thing about the bats. Yeah. Yeah. That's there. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Monty. Or I was just going to say, no, no, I was saying, go ahead. Why are you on like a tape delay, Monty? <laughs> yeah, he's 100 on the tape delay, without a doubt. Yeah. On the tape delay. <laughs> I thought it was on my end again. I was gonna be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna leave this stream and not." Well, I guess back. it is on his end now. <laughs> I was just gonna say, Virginia Tech as a team, and every hitting category you can kind of think of, except batting average. Um, let me see if I got that right. Yeah, except batting average, they're top five in everything: slugging percentage on-base percentage, RBIs, hits, doubles, triples, homers. They're really – I mean, it, they're playing all around really good baseball. I know you just talked about this staff, Jake, but the bats are really, really impressive, like, out the gate so far. We we need to get, like, a, a inflatable hammer, hammer, Monty, when we talk about Virginia Tech. If they keep doing double-digit extra base hits, we'll just bop the hammer around. You know, Micah, um, they did that for a promotion a few years ago. So, did. you know, maybe they you did. could steal it. I did. Monty, the consummate professional, organizing his notes there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was hoping I wasn't seen. All right, we're moving on um, to the Clemson <laughs> Tigers. Uh, 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 not a great Friday night for them. Um, absolutely shellacked 18 to one, um, at, um, Backage pulled the starters in around the sixth inning. Um, the starters for Clemson, there was just one hit, uh, that was Cam Canarella, Will Taylor over two, Blake Wright over two, Mathis over two and at, uh, so on. And Billy Barlow got tagged for five runs. They lose 18 to one. The only home run was uh, some freshman in the eighth inning when they were already down 17 to nothing. So um, they need to bounce back. They end up winning the series. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts? I want to, well, first off, I want to apologize to all of our Clemson fans. Um, I said that Clemson was going to be the last undefeated team um, about Friday morning. So just the kiss of death for them. And uh, they made me look like an ass. Um, so I do apologize. Uh, Clemson fans to redeem you. Um, I'm click picking the South Carolina Gamecocks this weekend. So all the jinx powers will go on to them. But back to the game. I think that they were just kind of looking forward. I mean, South Carolina Clemson is one of the greatest rivalries in all of college baseball. Um, Kennesaw State's really not somebody that you get up to get excited about playing. They're a newly minted D1 in a new conference. It's a little bit kind of weird. 
Cam Canarella obviously had the, the injury rumors on Friday that I guess kind of came to fruition as he was out of the lineup today, DH kind of all weekend. So there's a lot of external distractions that I think kind of led to them being flat. And again, baseball is one of those sports where the second you think that you have somebody figured out, where you think that you're better than you actually are, the game humbles you really, really quickly. And I think that that's what we saw on Friday. I mean, Billy Barlow is not going to go two innings, five rounds very often. And and this the, that lineup isn't going to go hitless for as much as they did. I think that this was, like we said, a, a midweek flop just on a Friday night. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? Were you surprised at that 18 to 1? Does it give you any concerns about Clemson? Uh, not really. I think the trend that we've seen in college baseball so far this year is that a lot of the teams that we expected to purely dominate have not. Um, I mean, look at Wake last week. You can look at all these other teams, LSU, um, A&M. Everyone has dropped something that they shouldn't have. And unfortunately, that happened to Clemson in a pretty embarrassing fashion on Friday night. But um, it doesn't really bother me. I think they're still going to be fine. Uh, they bounced back in a tough game on Saturday and then kind of had control of that game, the season uh, series or the game three of this series on Sunday. So I'm not too concerned. We know how good they are. Um, I think it was just a very, very weird game on Friday. Micah. So you'll have to, when you work in a, in an old football stadium slash old basketball arena, I don't know what that pipe noise is. So if the pipe just with my ceiling caves in, I'm sorry in advance, but um, hopefully the noise background noise isn't too loud. But it's not it's not. not being very nice right now. But it's not there's not cause for concern for me. But there is a a, a it's a pretty big level of just disappointment. Like you, I know you guys are wanting to chalk up the you know I don't necessarily disagree with you, Jake, on the look ahead factor. But when you like if it, if it's true look ahead factor, what? Why didn't you wake up in the fourth inning and it's five nothing? Why did you give up eight in the fifth? And then just continue to just get hammered. I mean, yeah, once it got out of hand and became 13 nothing, fine. You know, I don't expect anybody to try to mount some furious comeback at this point. But, I mean, it was – I respect what Eric Backus did with just pulling the starters and kind of basically setting the, the tone. And then, you know, again, did they, did they end up winning on Saturday? Yes. But they kind of come out a little bit flat on Saturday too. I mean, it's 3-3 three, three yeah. going to the bottom half of the fourth. You know, it wasn't a very pretty weekend for Clemson. But again, I'm not chalking this up as too much of a, of a again cause for concern. I mean, today in the midweek against Upstate, they they looked pretty good too. So overall, I mean, this weekend, I mean, this is a show me weekend for so much of the ACC. So you know, again, I'm not going into this like the sky is falling, but it was disappointing to kind of see just a lack of focus i guess from clemson this weekend and uh speaking of them looking good today will taylor looks like he's finally got started after a really slow start he had a three home run game today so we had a four home run game with drew burris uh for georgia tech uh today and we had a three home run game from will taylor at clemson today so good news for for them as as will taylor is really going to be important for that offense um every acc team won today Bye. I just noticed that that every ACC team won today. Yes, Jake. 
they did. Um, today being Tuesday, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, another day, <laughs> we're talking on Tuesday evening. Um, we're moving on to the class of the ACC so far, and that is the Duke Blue Devils, who sweep Northwestern. They do it in a variety of ways. The pitching staff continues to to dominate. Jonathan Santucci, six innings today, uh, this time, zero earned runs, 10 strikeouts, three walks. He continues to be dominant. Um, even, uh, Andrew Healy looked a little bit more improved than last week. Aiden Weaver, a little bit less. So James Talon had a bit of a rough time on Sunday, but Charlie Bielinson, uh, continues to be, uh, a, a seemingly, uh, amazing closer as he gets his fourth save of the year. Um, and then we had a lot of offense in game three that, uh, you're going to see some, some more names in here. I once again, did not add Kyle Johnson, who also had a monster, uh, performance this weekend on the mound and a triple uh, hitting. So we'll start with Micah. Micah, I, I wanted to get the Kyle Johnson thing out of the way because I knew you'd hit it if I didn't. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on Duke? They, uh, they, they're scoring enough runs for you? I think you'd be happy to know that I got to spread the gospel of Kyle Johnson this weekend to our CFO. Uh, we were in the press box at our, at our game on Sunday against Ryder, and I have I had my personal laptop set up which so I could flip around and try to watch some of the games because I'm just the music operator at our games. So, like, as long as I'm kind of paying attention, I can do my job. Um, and I was like, yeah, this kid is a stud. And he we watched about an inning and a half, and he's like, wow, like, that kid is really good. And I was like, let's go. I've, I've conferred, got somebody on the bandwagon, but uh, no monster. So is he going to come to they have not scored. on an NIL deal? Yeah. yeah, right. They haven't scored enough runs yet, though. 47 runs in their last four games. No, not cutting it for me. They got to they gotta figure the, the, the hitting out. I mean, 17 today, 20 on Sunday, eight on Saturday. I mean, two? I mean, two runs to Northwestern? Yeah. Call off this season. It's over. I, I can't do this anymore. No, I mean, it, it. I think what's been most impressive, Monty, is, you know, again, you can throw the slack in my face for not hitting. I just want to point out that was Jake on, on our podcast originally who first said, yep. I don't know if this Duke team can hit. I proposed a question, but it was Jake that was out here trying to tell me the Duke can't hit. So before you come at me, remember to go Jake a little bit. But I will apologize. To, I will. Bit. I will. Real, real quick. I will apologize to Micah because I'm using him, and it's not. And as he pointed out, it's not really his fault. And and it's also a lot of people like that was the big question mark. Even Chris Pollard said, you know, there was some. He didn't have necessarily less confidence, but he knew that the media had questions about their offense, and and they've exceeded even his expectations. Um, but yeah, so apologies to Micah when I give him a hard time about it. It's not really, uh, it's not really Micah not knowing ball or anything. It's just a little fun teasing, uh, especially since it wasn't really him that said it. It was Jake. So it's even funnier when you take that into account. I, I also just love with Duke that they can win in different ways, right? Like we've yeah. saw the the Indiana game where it kind of felt like it was, and even the Coastal game, right? Like not that it was living and dying by every pitch, but you know that wasn't an offensive explosion by any means. The Liberty midweek was kind of similar again, the Friday Northwestern game. But then we've also seen them, you know, like it's a little concerning to give up nine runs to Northwestern, right? But guess what did they do in that game? Oh, they just decided to score twenty. You know, like they can kind of play high scoring ball, low scoring ball. You know, they're, they're very, they, they adapt a lot. And that's something that I thought has been very impressive with them is again, they've, 
they can win in different ways. When, when they need the bats, they get it. When they can, like, I mean, that two nothing win on Friday. If you, if anyone you know that's listening watched it, you know, it kind of felt like Duke was just on cruise control. They're like, oh yeah, Jonathan Santucci's pitching. We really don't have like they score. Was it? I mean, double check the box score. Yeah, they score in the first two innings, right? It's two nothing, and they're like, okay, we're good. I think Ben Miller. Yeah, I think Ben Miller hit a home run in the. And they just said we're done. Like we don't, like, we don't need to score more. Yeah. yeah. What a classy yeah, so. host. You know, let Northwestern feel like they're going to be in the game. I will say the most concerning thing is Micah touched on it. It's he said it was kind of scary. They gave up nine runs. James Talon gave up seven of those runs on Sunday, so that's concerning. And I don't know how they could possibly replace him with their dozen other pitchers if he struggles. But, um, but yeah, uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? R- on rumor has too? it their their uh, their bullpen catcher and their bat boy can also throw, I and mean, that's just a rumor <laughs> around town. And I heard the, yeah, I heard whoever out- their uh, their athletic trainer is, he also can hit top ninety five on the gun. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, it's wild. Nick? Oh, no. Um, I know he was muted. He was muted. Okay, okay, good. I was was worried. You muted him? He had some background noise earlier. Show me notes. I did? (laughs) A little bit. I'm I'm almost positive it was me. I'm almost positive. Yeah. The sky was falling because... Also, now that I know... Now that I know I can mute people, guess who's getting muted anytime he snickers in the background? <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Um, did every did anybody uh, flop in this game? No, no. Okay, good. No, good. Okay. Uh, I had a tweet that went pretty that turned Duke fans the wrong way about the basketball game this weekend, but um, Duke early on. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Wake last year. Now, it's not like top-notch what Wake was last year, but they're hitting and pitching like nobody else is right now in the ACC, at least. Um, They're top 10 in every category you can think of. Or, I'm sorry, they're top five in any pitching category you can kind of think of. Ben Miller and uh, Wallace Clark are top five in almost every hitting category. Um, they're hitting the ball. They're pitching. It might be a hot take, but they they really do remind me of Wake Forest last year. Just all around great games. They can pitch. They can hit. They can win on low scoring games. If they have to put up 20 runs, they'll put up 20 runs. doesn't really matter to them. Um, yeah, that that's kind of what I've been taking out of Duke this year is that they really do remind me of Wake. Yeah, yeah, probably with less star power. But, yeah, I can see your point there. Um, the way they're playing is very reminiscent of how Duke got got started last year. Um, love to see it. Um, Duke is is ready to roll. That, that Duke-Wake Forest series is going to be a fun one in two weeks. So uh, moving along to a team that seems to be going a little bit under the radar uh, because they haven't really had to play much uh, of anyone, but they've been pressed when they have, and that's the Florida State Seminoles. They are, uh, as of today, 7-0 and after they just rocked um, South Florida 12-4. to um, But this weekend against Western Carolina, uh, Cam Leiter, he had a rough day 
compared to last week. He gave up a run. He only struck out eight. Only went five innings, uh, although he went five innings last week. Um, Jamie Arnold, though, ACC Pitcher of the Week. So they have both Pitchers of the Week so far this season as Jamie Arnold. Um, also apologize to him. I had a typo last week that said he had given up three earned runs last week. He has not given up any earned runs this season. Um, he had 11 Ks career high. If uh, He's back um, to where you want to be in the rotation. That's fantastic to see. He struggled last year in his first chance. As a rotation guy, as a true freshman, it's good to see him taking that step forward his sophomore year. But Yoel Tejada, uh, Tejada um, got his first start. He did not throw a strike. Um, not a great day for him, but Florida State just went ahead and scored seven or uh, 20 runs. So, Jake, let's start with your Florida State Seminoles. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm really, really happy with, I think, the outing that we got from Cam Leiter and Jamie Arnold. Like you said, it was a little bit worse from Cam Leiter. But if you're hitting 11 innings, one earned run, 19 Ks from your starting pitching, you're going to win a lot of games. Um, I, I really like what I've seen from Cam Smith so far. I know that he's not listed as one of the top performers, but just from a leadership standpoint, I think he's really taken that step forward that Link Jared really lacked last year from this team as they really, really struggled. He seems to be more vocal in the dugouts, more vocal in the field, kind of getting lines up. So exciting to kind of see him kind of take that next step forward. And then James Tibbs, he had the two home runs this weekend. Exciting, exciting player. Uh, the vibes are really, really high in Florida State. I don't think that they're in that upper echelon tier one yet, but I think that they're a lot closer than a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah, to touch on uh, Cam Smith, he went five for 13 on the weekend, and he went four for five today with, uh, uh, let me see. A lot of a lot of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, he had four RBIs. Um, I, had, I had the stat locked and loaded, but you know yeah. Monty had to jump in and be Mr. Hero over here, and then yeah, had, sorry, didn't even have the full stat line. Jeez. Yeah, Monty, Monty is uh, you know the the professional, the hardest working man in baseball. Yeah, he had well, these stats so, off the dome. So James Tibbs had two home runs over the weekend. He had two more today. Um, but yeah, four for five, four RBIs, and a home run that was 109 miles per hour off the bat. How do you like that, Micah? Um, Oh, I love it. That's yeah, lower so, than a Bazana bomb I saw this weekend, Monty. Also, okay, Jake, I'm I'm muting you. Um, Drew for <laughs> <laughs> Drew <laughs> Drew uh, I don't know how he he doesn't win ACC Player of the Week. Uh, I know Vance Honeycutt had three home runs, but I mean, man, when you go eight for eleven with six extra base hits and seven RBIs, just casually go eight for eleven, whatever. Uh, Micah, go ahead, hit me with some stats. Um, I don't like that you're you're giving Drew Farrow all this credit for hammering my arch rival Western Carolina. For those of you that don't know, Western Carolina is ETSU's biggest rival in the SoCon because yeah. our biggest rivals, Furman and Chattanooga, do not offer baseball. Um, so I don't appreciate the somewhat you know slight positivity you're giving the Western Carolina Catamounts. But uh, no, um, I mean, goodness gracious, this team is again they have. Haven't played anybody truly of note, right? But they are just so dominant. And like I, Monty, you have no idea how excited I am to see that they're playing in Greenville this weekend. Like you know, I'm gonna be the the, the silly goose, the weirdest term of all time. I know that you know because Greenville is not very far from Clemson. Clemson, South Carolina will be going on on uh, on Sunday, and I'll probably be at Florida State. And I believe it's is that in the Illinois game? Of course, I'm, oh Western Michigan. I think I'm going to pick yeah. my, my my new MAC champion, by the way, in my bracketology, versus you know the 
Florida State Seminoles. But, you know, yeah, it just they were, they were dominant again today against South Florida. They've, they've looked just so good. I mean, and, and there, there needs to be one thing that I that I have been trying to preach to so many people that around me and friends wise, I don't really understand college baseball. Like being eight, no in college baseball is really impressive. Like it, it's hard to con- come in night in and night out and win, no matter who you're playing. So the fact that they're just continuing to just control these games and pretty much just dominate has been just so impressive. And, and we, is, has there they been did a- get a rain out Micah to be fair. They, they haven't, this was their first series all the way through. No, that's fair. But I mean, at what point have we looked at a Florida State game and, and questioned whether this team is really? I mean, I guess the Jacksonville game was four four going into the seventh. So I guess that's really uh, Yola Tahada when they loaded the bases. Correct. That was the only time that- I've done it, and and then they they it ended up being an issue like really fast. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 again, it's on the road in a midweek. Like, it's just been impressive to say the least and you know again it's early we we haven't seen a ton of testing stuff we'll we'll probably not see a true true test until march 12th when they go uh to gainesville but i mean at the end of the day we're talking about a team that missed the tournament last year right and and they're six and oh seven and oh math is hard for the first time in like 50 years yeah i mean if if anyone is questioning florida state right now like let's just enjoy the fact that they're doing something very historic and yeah that's it for me yeah i'm i'm excited to, to see florida state especially i love i really love pitching so the lighter arnold combo is really enticing um and then connor whitaker i would imagine is going to slide into that sunday i think he should have been the sunday guy but when they had that rain out they moved him to tuesday just kind of like what louisville was doing with uh liggett um there, there's guys that are getting midweek starts a little here early, but they're not going to be midweek starters for the whole year. So I imagine Connor Whitaker is going to move into that Sunday slot. They've just been kind of maintaining this routine because of that rain out first weekend. Um, Nick, your thoughts on Florida State that we haven't already covered? Um, we debated um, who was most likely going to take the bigger step. I think it was between the two teams that didn't make it to Charlotte. And I think, or I'm sorry, Durham last year. And I think yeah. already we have a pretty good answer that Florida state out the gate has been the better team. And will most likely we will see back in the ACC tournament. And they, they look really, really good. I get it. it's, you know, they didn't play a whole lot last week because of the rain out and it's Western Carolina, but James Tibbs has taken a huge step. Uh, He was basically the only offensive player of note from last year's team. And he is top five, top 10 in a lot of hitting categories this year, where maybe you would see him in like three or four different categories in terms of his hitting. And pitching was the biggest thing coming into this season. And they have found a lot of great pitching so far. Um, I don't think it's too bold for anyone to say that this team could be a regional team. Uh, the the start that they've had, everyone's looked really good. Um, I picked Link Jarrett to be my coach of the year, and so far he's kind of on track for that. Uh, the way that he's handled his staff so far and the way that he's handled the batters, I mean, it's been great. So uh, I'm really high on Florida State right now. Nick, tell yeah, me that you, thought- you, that you know ball more than me without telling me you know 
the ball more than me because I had Louisville and I picked Louisville to have the coach of the year with with Dan McDonald. And you're over here just dropping the link, Jared. And Florida State was going to be I had improved. Link Jared too, Micah. To be fair, I thought we, Link Jared was gosh. like I'm not using Jake taking the opposite. Well, I've learned this was Jake. This was like before before we all joined together. We did like our <laughs> own preview and. Yeah, <laughs> Micah knew that I picked Link Jarrett like a month ago. <laughs> I, yeah. I said and, it back in Jake, December. Jake, we did our preview. There Jake, you go. You don't, there you, to, go. you don't have to involve yourself in every every everything. You know, Jake knows ball. That's Dude, what I'm we're, yeah. Jake, Jake and I are white anyway, KB boys. Welcome to the club. We know ball. Yeah. We're, we're Link Jarrett fan we're, club we're president seven, right here. I'm. We are seven games in. Uh, Jake has been muted. Um, for a little bit, uh, we're going to be moving along. I did want to shout out Carson Dorsey who came on in relief. Uh, Jake has unmuted himself, uh, but <laughs> um, Carson Dorsey came on a relief last week against Jacksonville when they were tied uh, 4-4, and I think he threw four innings and had like 11 strikeouts in relief. That's another guy that is a Juco transfer who's just absolutely nasty. So they've got some pitching, boys. Um, moving yeah, I've along got something to, positive uh, for our Florida State fans watching live. Uh, I'm currently watching – the Florida Gators who trail the Stetson Hatters seven to four in the bottom of the eighth. And the Stetson has the bases loaded. So uh, there's a very good chance. The Florida Gators are going to lose their midweek to the Stetson Hatters tonight. So That's Florida exciting. state fans are on top of the world. In uh, what uh, moving along to North Carolina, who had a really fun series with East Carolina, it felt kind of like a regional with the atmospheres, uh, East Carolina ended up taking two of three in close games. Um, in the first two games, UNC kind of struggled to score. Um, Vance Honeycutt was your ACC player of the year. Uh, he went four for 11 on the weekend, two home runs. He hit a third home run earlier in the week during the midweek. Um, and Casey Cook. Of the week, Bonnie, not the year. What I say of the year? My bad. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so Vance Honeycutt, ACC player of the week despite some other performances that may have been a little bit more impressive, but he was facing ECU pitching. So um, we'll start with Nick. What do you think about uh, this series with East Carolina? I mean, this is just classic North Carolina baseball. I mean, every, I guess, big four or power five team or whatever gets up for ECU. You can't take these guys lightly. They're always going to be a pain in the butt. They're always going to be a very, very good team very well coached. They're going to have dudes all the time. Um, it's just, I, I can't, the only thing I have of note is that when, when Micah and I were kind of previewing UNC about a month ago, this is the type of series that they kind of had to win to get over the hump of how far do we think this team is going to go in terms of will they make Omaha or not? And this was kind of a se little early series that they kind of had to have to really, you know, get over that top 15 hump and be like, okay, you are like one of the eight teams that we could consider for Omaha. Um, it's early and ECU is really good. I'm not thinking too much about it. It's a classic series. I mean, anytime a Carolina school plays ECU, whether it's NC State or Duke or Campbell, who played them, who played ECU in the midweek last week and won, I mean, everyone in North Carolina gets up for everybody. So just a really good series. I really loved, enjoy, loved watching it. Um, that game three was, I think the best just back and forth slug for slug punch for punch. It was awesome. Um, 
for Carolina moving forward, it's just like they've got to win series. The, the um, how do I word this? They got to win the series that will get them over that hump of okay, you're not a great team, you're like going to be an elite team, and this was an opportunity, and they kind of just fell short. Is Monty yeah, no, frozen? I agree. Sorry, I was. Uh, nope, I was on a. T- I was on a delay. No, um, I was reading your uh, your private chat uh, that I missed from uh, like ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see, um, Micah. You have I mean, concerns think, about this UNC? No, I, I think if if anything, I know this is not to to they're not an ACC team. I think it just kind of reassured my opinions of ECU. I mean, last year, obviously, Monty, we got to see him up close and personal in the Charlottesville Regional, and, and you felt like, like I, I maybe maybe this is the wrong take, but I feel like ECU was the best team that didn't get to a super regional last year uh, in the tournament. I think just the the style of play with them in Virginia. I mean, Virginia technically swept the Charlottesville regional, but it really felt like you know if ECU gets one bounce in that that regional, who knows who 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 comes out of it. But um, you know, obviously, I was a little concerned with the performance of Olin Johnson on Sunday. That wasn't uh, the most promising thing. Um, and Folger uh, Boaz, wow, I'm struggling with words today. Still looked, you know, like as good as he could have. I mean, it was, I mean, this was, this was the best series we've had in college baseball so far this year. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, best series again, not talking about all these preseason tournaments, right? Best pure series, three games between the same opponents. And it might be the best one we've seen to, you know, even when you factor in this weekend, I mean, there's obviously some really great ones, but it it did feel like a regional. I mean, ECU has their largest crowd in, in program history. You have uh, the largest crowd in Seagrove Park history on Saturday. I mean, a college baseball game had a, a larger attendance than a minor league baseball game on the 4th of July. That's pretty stinking impressive. And then you factor in, again, the, the crowd was great on Friday. You know, UNC and ECU battled it out. I mean, I, I, I wasn't seeing UNC as this, like, top five team. So I think everything we saw this weekend just kind of – assured me that, you know, A, ECU is really, really good at baseball, but B, that UNC is maybe not at the level of some of the, the top dogs in, in the ACC, but they're good enough to hang around, and, and you never want to give a team with this much talent the ability to do so. Yeah, I will say a, a, a good thing you've got to be happy about if you're winning season last year he hit a home run in the second game after going through and Monty's got the bad internet tonight or two RBIs so um he... yeah Monty's definitely Mon- struggling with the yeah, internet Mon- oh yeah that oh. was not yeah Nick you did not need to leave and come back that was all Monty's internet damn so sorry about Mon- that, Monty. Uh, I, I yeah, Mon- Mon- Monty took his good internet to Jacksonville and it didn't travel back with him. Yeah. <laughs> My internet's been fine. We're all My internet's fine. I don't you. know what's going on. Yeah, we're having know. issues with you. You keep a lot you got on the you're on the tape delay. Now you're lagging. Um, but I guess I'll get us back on track here. 
Monty, uh, do you remember what we said on Saturday after the when we talked about the UNC ECU game? Uh, oh, get to if they if they didn't win with Chavez, they're not going to win the weekend, and uh, they made us rue uh, yep. that kind of prediction there. But on Sunday, honestly, I think this is nothing to really hang your head about if you're a UNC player. I mean, it was a back and forth game, 50-50 game. You get walked off like that. I mean, I think that they're a lot closer to the top. I came away very, very impressed with them. I mean, Folger Boaz being the Friday night guy, I know that that was something that we all kind of like question, not questioned, but we were like, really? That's who they're going with on the Friday night guy? And two weeks in, I mean, he is the billing of a Friday night ace. I mean, he had those um, the only five hits in that one run, so he's more of a contact pitcher. And again, Monty, uh, every weekend, every weekend, I want to talk about Vance Honeycutt, and every weekend you kind of bring me down to earth, and you're like, "Yeah, he's only hitting 250," and I'm like, "But he hit three home runs." So, uh, you know, Vance, he's going to have to work on the contact and be more of a gap to gap hitter. But I mean, he's, home runs are fun. He's doing really well. It's just I saw some guys that had some monster weekends, and I that's why I was kind of disappointed but i think they're taking into account also it was against two of those home runs against east carolina versus some of the other guys are playing lower competition so you got to take that into account as well um moving along now to boston college we're heading uh to boston college who i'm going to be seeing this weekend uh, as they come down to virginia but uh not not the university of virginia but the state of virginia the commonwealth um but uh, they took their uh, took another loss um, on Friday. They got beat up pretty bad by UT Arlington, eleven to six. Um, but AJ Colarusso and Tyler Mudd combined for the for the shutout on Saturday. Though both those guys continue to be nails. Um, Tyler Mudd has not given up uh, a, an earned run in I think nine innings of relief in his two games. So that's really exciting. Um, so yeah, uh, and then uh, they win uh, a Sunday shootout, seventeen to eight. Um, one of the big things you like to see is Cam Leary. He's back after you know a bunch of uh, up and down season last year with injuries. He had a multi home run game on Friday in that loss. But Jake, I saw you doing the the thumbs down for your uh, for Boston College. What what's up with that, buddy? I think that they have to get a D on the weekend. They lose Friday night, and John West really, really wasn't impressive in any way, shape, or form. UNT Arlington is not one of those quote-unquote Texas teams. They're not DBU or Sam Houston where they're a sneaky kind of mid-major. They're a tier below. And then on Sunday, I mean, they were losing very, very late, and UT Arlington just ran out of pitching. I mean, if they face a team that has a deeper bullpen, they're losing two of three to a UT Arlington team. That is not very impressive. This isn't the Mike Gambino Boston College team that we saw last year. I, I think you need to start to worry a little bit about this Boston College, despite the series win. I think that they should have been a little bit more impressive. And I think, too, something that you didn't mention that I think is very important to mention. On Saturday, UT Arlington loaded the bases in the ninth inning with nobody out. They got out of it. But, you know, again, just to, to, to talk about what you were mentioning with this UT Arlington team, like, you can't do that in ACC play. That, that's going to be run. You, you can't do that. I mean, just I mean, I was watching it live, and it, it's it's funny because I was literally sitting in this exact spot when it when it was happening, and I was like, I'm going to flip over to a new game. It's three nothing going into the ninth. BC is going to take it, slam the doors. And then I look up, and I'm like, oh, there's a runner on. Okay, oh, another single. Now it's first and second. Oh, another single. Now the bases are loaded with nobody out. And again, they got out of it. And the best part is the bases loaded with nobody out. They work a full count, and that was a battle. 
I mean, there was a chance that they were about to walk in a run with nobody out. I mean, it was it was definitely concerning um, to see BC kind of mess around, I guess, you know, early. And then, like you said, you know, they just – UT Arlington ran out of arms on Sunday. But, I mean, again, did, did any of us expect Boston College to be world beaters this year? So, you know, I think D is a little harsh, Jake, if I'm being honest, just because – I expected you know, them to be like – The guy's series uh, win on the road. Three. So. I mean, they're Boston – Every they, they have to go on the road. It's not like they're going to be playing at home. We shouldn't really applaud that's them. Still play, that still plays a factor. Did you, did you give Georgia – Check a D on the weekend last weekend because if not, then I hear we lost Kyle at home. We're, we're, we're back at Georgia Tech. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, if no, if I know, I'm just give, laughing. But like, if you're gonna give Boston College a D, then you got to give it to Georgia D. Tech, who lost to a just as bad a Cornell team at home. Yeah, but they we're, didn't we, like lose. the only reason they won on Sunday is because UT Arlington forgot how to pitch. Georgia Tech Micah, was like a completely different story, and then they lost Micah, Friday. John West Micah, did not look impressive at all. Let's Micah, don't bring up logic with Jake with his opinions because sometimes it just doesn't work like that. All right. There's you know the Charlie Day meme. That's how his logic works, and we can't figure that out. I mean, okay. I mean, I agree with the John West struggling stuff, but but I mean at the end of the day, like they took the same amount of games as Georgia Tech did. Georgia Tech played I UT Arlington, whether you want to say, you know, guy is better than Cornell. And one was at home, all right, all right. the other was on the road. We need to, we need to, we need to tell Nick to calm down. He's being too loud. He's, you know, we're hearing too much of his opinion on this Boston college team. Yeah. Nick (sighs) quietly tell us about Boston college. I only wish I was here earlier to hear about the stuff you guys were talking about with Georgia tech. (laughs) (laughs) I I'm so upset that I missed the Georgia tech talk and I'm sure Michael went off on them. (laughs) Um, Look, we knew Boston College was going to be world beaters this year, but a series win is a series win, and you'll take it right now. Um, Who I've been most impressed with uh, in this series, and basically since the start of the season, is Cam Leary. He's been their heart and soul right now of this uh, BC team. But, you know, the pitching does worry me a little bit, and I think it's really impressive how they came out on Saturday, but – the pitching, if they don't figure out something fast, it's not going to last ACC play. And I don't know where you guys had Boston College, like in terms of regionals or even making it. Um, I, I, I would just hate to see them with such a great season last year fall apart. Or not fall apart necessarily, but take a step back. Uh, and it seems like a lot of people think that they will. Um, they just got to ride the ship and just – try to keep winning these games, winning these series where they can. Um, I, I don't think they'll miss out on Durham this year, but they, the the bats are really, really good right now. So that you'll take that any day. Yeah. And it is interesting um, uh, talking about them because I, the good news is I don't think they're going to go back to that five and 23, 23 team. They were a couple of years ago. Um, not anytime soon, at least this year or hopefully next year. But, um, you know, you'd like to see them kind of be close to getting back to the NCAA tournament, being on that bubble. And I don't know if that's going to happen. We again, we've got to see there's a lot of experimenting going on and it's hard to tell whether there's there should be concerns or whether these are things they're going to figure themselves out. So um, we'll have to find out and see. But uh, moving along to another team that. Didn't have the best weekend. Uh, Notre Dame went on the road for a four-game series against FIU. 
they took two of three, uh, or excuse me, they split the series two to two. Um, David Glancy, Tito Flores, two graduate transfers, one from St. John's. That's Glancy Flores from Michigan. They had some good, some good times, but, um, yeah, uh, pitching for them didn't do too well either. They gave up, uh, 10 runs in each game on Saturday, uh, which you hate to see. And then somehow their fourth game, which you would expect to be the kind of shootout because you're, you don't have a normal starter out there. That's the lowest scoring game of the weekend. And it's a three, one game, but Michael, what are your thoughts on the fighting Irish? I mean, they're, they feel very average. I mean, I, I don't, I really don't have a lot. I mean, I know that's why I laughed because I could tell that you were just like, I mean, rice is very, I mean, Jake can harp on it, but I mean, rice is just, they're, they're not bad, but they're not good. Yeah, they are. FIU kind of falls into the same category of like, I'm sure FIU will, you know, probably be a scrappy team in the CUSA, but they're probably not going to push Dallas Baptist, you know, or Sam Houston state for that actual crown. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, taking, you know, splitting this weekend is a little concerning. I mean, it's then like this weekend they go to Tennessee tech. I mean, I just, nothing Notre Dame just kind of feels like, okay, we'll, we'll have a conversation of, of who they are uh, March 8th, 9th and 10th when they go to Blacksburg for Virginia tech, because right now it just, they feel like they are just sitting in the bottom. Like they're going to, they're going to be at the bottom of the ACC because there's not been a ton of reasons to believe that they're at the top right now with what we've seen from some other programs. And again, they're just kind of, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I mean, just very average. What are, what I are think your thoughts? This is going to be a team that we just check the box on every week. I don't think they're going to be like abysmal dog shit where we spend 20 minutes talking about how bad they suck. We're just going to be like, yeah, Notre Dame lost two of three. Um, Tito Flores had had two hits one of the games. Like that's I feel like that's kind of how Notre Dame is. And and the series perfectly exemplifies it. They weren't so god awful that we're gonna take laps around the field laughing at them. They they were just kind of Notre Dame. Like, eh. That was uh that's two curse words on the show today for Jake. Um one more and he's out. Um so just uh remember there are children listening to this. All right. Um, no, uh, Nick, what, you, you have any different thoughts on, on Notre Dame and, and how you feel about them? Do you have, I mean, man kind of sums them up. <laughs> uh, I'm a little worse than man. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Notre Dame is about to not have a really good season at all. I think they're just going to be a team that we look at like, man, do you believe that they were in Omaha three years ago? Like, what what happened? Um, last year, they were an eight seed in the ACC tournament. And to me right now, out the gate, it feels like that they're going to be one of the two teams that are not going to make uh, the ACC tournament. Um, I know you got – maybe I could be wrong. I know you guys are a little bit higher on them than I am. But they just – they don't – they don't do anything that makes me feel like, wow, like maybe this team can make a regional run. Like maybe they can take a couple of ACC series. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good to me. Like they're, they don't really have an elite pitching. Their bats are meh. They, they're not in any like kind of good categories right now. Um, And they're at the easy part of their schedule, you know? So 
it's going to be a hard stretch for me to like kind of consider this Notre Dame team to be, uh, you know, up with the rest of the ACC teams. Yeah. Um, not much else to much else to say about it. <laughs> You've about summed it up there. Um, moving along to uh, the Miami Hurricanes, who had a disappointing Saturday, but um, kind of responded really well on Sunday with a 22 to five win. Herrick Hernandez continues to be impressive. He now has 12 innings of uh, scoreless uh, pitching, although he did give up five hits this time. So again, takes a step back from zero hits the week before. Uh, Rafe Schleisinger was able to go six innings of no run baseball in the game that they lost, which is really good to see, but Gage Zeal kind of still looks meh. Um, on the mound. So it, you got to be pleased with your Saturday and Sunday guys, but there might be a little bit cause concern for Gage Zeal there. Um, but the guy I want to highlight, Daniel Cuvay, he's the guy that I uh, talked about at the beginning of the day who was in a class with um, Drew Burris. And their stats were really, really close before Drew Burris's game today. Um, obviously now Drew Burris is just on another planet, but um, any cause for concern regarding Gage Zeal, Micah? I mean, there. There's got to be, right? I mean, Long Island is not a very good ball club. NJIT is, you know, again, like we're talking about ACC status. I don't want to ever slander and say, oh, you're not good at baseball if you, you play at LIU. It's just it's not ACC level of play. And we're talking about, you know, we're trying to engage Zeal out on Friday night against Florida. I don't know about you all, but uh, I'm not feeling great about that right now. And that's kind of the, the standard that we're kind of setting is, you know, He's, he's not looked all that sharp. I mean, he did go seven innings. That's a per, like, that's a plus, right? Like, I mean, that's obviously I, – I do think he took a step forward from last week. Um, so, at the end of the day, I think there's reasons to get excited and, and hope that, you know, he continues to improve. But, you know, the next three three-weekend series are, are top 15 teams for for Miami. So, if they don't – they don't kind of – get right soon, especially on the Gage Zeal side of things. We might be talking about a team that just can, that on Friday nights not have no chance of winning, but we're not feeling very confident about. And again, I have Miami in the NCAA tournament in, in my bracketology, and, and a lot of people think that I shouldn't have them there. So, you know, that should tell you a little bit too about, you know, the overall perception of Miami. But I mean, there's definitely cause for concern. But I mean, when we're talking about Hernandez's line, I mean, I guess my biggest question is, does he move to the Friday role at some point? Or are they going to continue to ride him on Sundays? Because, I mean, I've always kind of thought sometimes you, you you keep your best pitcher on what he's been throwing at because you'll have the matchup advantage in, on a Sunday, I think, in my opinion, for most of the ACC. Uh, if you trot him out there the way he's been playing. But at the same time, I mean, Gage Zeal also hasn't been performing at a Friday night level in the ACC. So do you make the change? By the way, uh, do you remember where you put Miami in your power rankings? I think I probably put them at like 12 or 13, didn't I? 13, yep. You had the lowest. Yeah, I had, them, I had, I had them low because, yeah. I mean, again, I don't I don't want to slander Long Island, but, I mean, I for as a former Division II athlete, that is, I still can't unsee CW post and then LIU post and now just LIU, uh, the transition of that institution. Uh, and we're talking about uh, an LIU team, by the way, who got run ruled in back-to-back games against my or FIU. So it's hard for me to have a lot of positivity when we've seen a lot of positivity in the ACC for a team that loses 
four to two to an LIU team on a, on a Saturday afternoon. Because that's the thing yeah, that stinks. Not- I mean, Rafe pitched incredible on Saturday. Like it wasn't even like the pitching was the problem. They just couldn't figure out how to hit, and then the bullpen kind of let them down when it when it mattered most. Yeah, and and I'm not taking a shot at you by bringing up your power ranking. I just noticed that you <laughs> of all of us of all of us you put them the lowest, but I mean other people had them at 11 and 12 as well. So it's not like you were crazily you know going at 13 when it, nobody else did. You just happen to have them a little bit lower than everybody else. So I wanted to get your yeah. I had them at that. 12. So. Yeah, I had I head. actually had them at seven, um, but I I mean I'm you are not alone. I think four uh, four people had them at eleven. Jake had them at or three people had them at eleven. Jake had them at twelve, and uh, you had them at thirteen. So it's not crazy uh, for you to have put them there. It actually looks like I'm the crazier one for having them at seven when only uh, only Nick had them at seven as well. So, um, Monty, it's just before a we move on, kind of thing. Uh, I just want to credit J.D. Ortega. I mean, all three of his starters through long, long, long outings. And after watching DVH on the weekend, it was kind of refreshing to go and check the box scores and see 80, 90 pitches. It almost felt like a throwback kind of game where you ride your starter as long as you can. You're not playing matchups or that third time through the order. You're just wanting to see how long your guy can go, which I, I really loved it's obvious that he has them ready for the season and they're completely stretched out too. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good point. Um, obviously he's a long time pitching coach, first time um, man uh, coach this year, but um, Nick, what do you, you, you put them at seven. What do you think about in response to Micah? Why you have them at seven and, and Micah has them at 13? Cause honestly you and you and Micah agree on a lot of things, but that was a, a rather um, a large gap between the two of you. That's not the only thing we disagreed on because he was. We were texting about our top twenty-five on Sunday night, and we were just kind of going. We, back we might forth. have to post those texts, Nick, because I was getting mad at you. He, he, <laughs> he, he, I could tell him, Mike Monty. He tried to tell me Auburn's not a top twenty-five team, so we got into it. I did not while. say Oof. that. I did not say that. I, no, no, no. Now you're twisting my words. Now you're twisting. My words. I'll, I'll, I'll put the receipt right now. Pull the receipts. I said I said I had to pick between two teams, Auburn or Georgia. So I am I eventually did pick Auburn. So don't worry about it. Um, Micah likes to when we do these rankings and stuff in our top twenty-five and power rankings. I tend to lean more on okay, where do I have you to start off with? Where Micah doesn't worry about that at all. He just like I don't do that either. I had like nine last week. I respect that a lot. I do because like. You know, I could see, you know, how some people put TCU at number one in the country. Like, I totally get that. But um, to Miami. Wait, 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 Nick. Did you say you don't use last week's rankings or you do? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I no, no, no. I don't. No, I. Wh- what do you mean? Don't use last week's rankings. Like, you did you like, just say that you don't look at what you had last week and you use it as your base for this week? No, I, he's I saying just, he doesn't I, look at preseason stuff. No, I look at preseason stuff oh. and then I don't like base. I don't like reset on a new week. I just kind of look at the full body of work and then uh, where I have, like, I'm not going to drop a team that started from 10 to out because you have like a couple of losses in a midweek or a, you know, in a series, I'm not going to drop you too much, but um, for Miami, I'm just going to rattle you guys off some stats right now for our boy, uh, Daniel Kubek. Batting average, he leads the ACC, and he's 100 points higher than 
whoever is number two. Uh, slugging percentage. He's 300 points higher than Drew Burris, who is at number two. Uh, On-base percentage. 50 points higher than uh, Wallace Clark and JT Benson, who are both tied at number two. Uh, let's see. He leads the ACC in hits. He leads the ACC in runs scored, along with Carson Demartini. Uh, this kid is just crushing the ball, and oh yeah, he's leading the ACC with Vance Honeycutt and Drew Burris with five home runs. Uh, and he's only a freshman. So, early case for freshman of the year already. Um, he's just crushing the ball, and might have only came in really one game. I mean, I know everyone had a hit parade on Sunday, but I know we're talking bad about, like, Gage Zeal and the rough start that he's had this season, and uh, but to shed some light, and as someone who had Miami in the top 25 last week, I did drop him out of my rankings this week. I will shed some light on uh, Daniel Cuvé because last night when I was tweeting out our stats, he was number one in almost everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this morning. I thanked you for that because it made it really easy to kind of compare Burris and Cuvé. And they were before Burris's game tonight, they were very, very close in everything. And um, so there will be an article coming um, kind of comparing those two and not necessarily comparing them to see who's better, but to kind of set up this potential freshman of the year race, which hopefully they both can sustain some sort of this success all year and make this a race. Cause that would be a blast to not have necessarily want to run away and just have that debate over who should win. And then obviously the, the Georgia tech Miami series just takes another, comes up another level as they go head to head. So that's, that's something really fun. Um, and somebody, uh, the, Kane's heat, uh, Kane's cats heat 305 pointed out that Cuvay is better than yo yo. Um, yo, Handy Morales is an absolute stud, but I always yeah. felt like I always felt like he was a better pro prospect than college player, and he was a really good college player, but he always felt like he never reached that full potential at Miami. Um, and now the Washington Nationals are, are getting the benefit of his pro potential. Um, but Daniel Cuvay has stepped on campus and immediately delivered. Um, despite, you know, all the expectations and pressure on him. So, I mean, um, if, if Brock Wilkin didn't exist last year, uh, Yo-Yo is like first team ACC when it comes to the third base position. Wow. Jake Geloff, I guess, can just. Yeah, right. I was about to wow. bite it. <laughs> can I, I, I want to quickly add something, too, because, I, I mean, it sounds like I'm the my anti-Miami. Well, first off. Yeah, I have him still in my field of 64. Just to ever, just to be very transparent, you know, my power rankings is only what you've done this season. Yep. I don't factor in yep. preseason. I don't factor in what you. I think you're going to do later. I also want to defend JD Ortega. If you look look at the comments after that loss to LIU, I mean, it, the season hadn't even started yet. People are trying to say that Ortega should, should be gone. Fire him. Terrible hire. Wrong choice. List on, on and on and on. Like, and I, I, I'm thankful that you know you gave the tip of the hat to to having the pitchers ready to go and kind of stretch. Like, he's figuring out all of this as we go along. Why are we writing this guy off? He's a Miami, like he's not a Miami lifer, but he's basically like you know he's 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 Miami baseball, and it's frustrating to me that we see some of these fans like, the on our right, page you know? going after him already, and it's like. The sky is not falling in Coral Gables. I know. And you I always forget how good they actually are. Because all I see is just their fans like shitting on them, telling how much they like are terrible. Like I almost feel like they lose every single game. Like 
Yeah. Like their Northwestern baseball, the way their fans They win 22 to 5, and they still complain yeah. that they gave up five runs. It's like you won 22 to 5 on a Sunday. Be happy. <laughs> I mean, Micah, uh, we, talked to, we talked to Lucas, you know, a couple weeks ago. And with the coaching change, it's going to be a different – it's going to be a transition. And it's going to be a different environment. You know, they're not going to be the flashy, glammy Miami anymore where talent beats out how hard you work. They're – Lucas told us they're going to be a gritty team this year. Yeah, and I, I you know, you got to give a little bit of patience. I mean, imagine if Clemson fans were clamoring for Backage to be fired last year, or Florida State for Lake Jarrett. You know, you got especially in your first season, like, and they're seven games in. Um, that's just, it's just ridiculous. And they're they're five and two. They're fine. Um, so anyway, uh, moving along. To uh, Nick's NC State Wolfpack, uh, they went out west. They didn't have a mid-game last week. They went out west to Hawaii. Uh, interesting game on Friday um, that they pulled off, um, had a lot of offense, um, uh, and then lost the second game, and then won the series in another close game. Um, we will start with Nick. because this is his, These are his boys. Nick, uh, what were your thoughts on the NC State Wolfpack and, and their performance against the Rainbow Warriors? Uh, I know it's early, but already this team is starting to remind me of last year's team, except I think this year's team has a little bit more pop off the bat. Um, they're hitting a little bit more of the home run ball. They're getting more hits in general, which you like to see. Um, unfortunately, the errors are still happening. They are kind of at the bottom tier of the ACC when it comes to fielding percentage. So they're committing a lot of errors. Um, and the relief relief pitching is still kind of in question. Um, you could take game three, for example, they were up 10 to four and then all of a sudden, thank goodness that the game was on a time curfew because it looked like Hawaii was getting ready to storm back. Um, the starters have not looked all the best. Um, Dom Fritton though really did bounce back after his start last week, but Sam kind of struggled a little bit, giving up five runs. Um, uh, Ryan, he's a freshman, but he looked pretty good. Uh, I, I'm just a little nervous about the fielding again and the relief pitching because, I don't know, that that just seemed like what I kept seeing last year, and it's kind of bleeding into this year a little bit. I know it's early, and they've played tougher competition than they usually do. Uh, to start off the season. I mean, last year, their out-of-conference schedule was just really, really, really bad. Um, this year, they're getting some notable teams that are, you know, not, you know, almost FCS level, right? So that's okay, but I'm still really concerned about the relief pitching. They, they do give up a lot of runs. I had this stat, and I'm going to see if I can try to find it later, but – they're giving up a lot of they're they're I don't know what Clint Chrysler's Clint Chrysler is doing, but uh it's kind of looking like the same as last year. Yeah. Uh Jake, do you think that are they showing you anything different from last year or they or, or do you agree with uh with Nick? I mean that that bullpen is really, really starting to cause concern. I know that, that was kind of like a, eh, we'll put it on our radar, but I mean 
Hawaii's, I mean, yeah, they split with Ole Miss, but I mean, this is not going to be the amount of talent that they're going to see in the ACC. Um, I do appreciate um, NC State and Hawaii kind of trying to play up before those 10 a.m. games got started on Sunday or on Saturday, because I mean, that one was an absolute late one. I think it ended at about 4.30 Eastern time. Um, but I mean, th- you really, I wouldn't say it's cause for concern because they went two and one, but you're kind of starting to pay a little bit more attention to this NC State bullpen and the problems that are coming with it. But the flip side of that is, I mean, they scored 17 runs on a Friday night. That doesn't happen very many places across the country, and especially not when you're playing kind of a Big West opponent like they were in Hawaii. So, you know, take it with whichever side of the, the pillow you want in this one, but the, the bullpen's starting to worry me a little bit. Yeah, Micah? NC State was the cause for a lot of Nick and I's debates on our wonderful text thread on Sunday because um, if you look at his rankings, he ranks NC State but won't rank Auburn, and to which I obviously went – Bro, I ranked Auburn. There. What are you talking about? You put him like, what, 24 or something? But regardless, you know – I had him me, 25, Micah. Yeah, I, I didn't rank him. And, you know, do I think NC State's a good ball club? Yes. But, Nick, you, you said it yourself – this team is committing the errors that was the detriment of this team last year. They right. are yeah. getting in their own way. And again, it, it is early, but I am also in agreement with Jake. Like going to Hawaii does have some value. Like the time change, you know, I like when teams challenge themselves by going to places you normally wouldn't go. Like you don't see in college football, NC State going to play Hawaii, right? But you see that in this sport. So I appreciate that. But I mean, losing a game to VCU, losing a game to Hawaii, like they've yet to look dominant. And for a team that's getting top 25 considerations, like, you know, I would rank Florida State before I rank NC State. I just think we've seen more dominance from Florida State. Again, we will see what NC State is about very quickly. But right now there's cause for concerns with the bullpen. And again, they just – they are they are getting in their own way right now, and I mean Nick, you also harped and that part. I know we never actually texted about it, but you know you kind of nailed it too on Sunday. I don't know if NC State wins this series if it's not on a time if there's not a time crunch. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, and if you lose this series to Hawaii, Nick, you're not ranking NC State, are you? So like, you, yeah. I took some of that into consideration. Like, you know, yes, they won at the end of the day, won the ball game, but they've looked very, i mean even the 17 to 12 game on friday i mean sam highfield highfield looked pretty bad i mean he didn't look what we were hoping to see from him so far this year he looked he looked like last year and so there's just a lot of concern for me on like again the expectations are high this year for nc state and right now they're not living up to them in my opinion it's all fair all right well that's uh that was a good healthy debate, and uh, I think that covers all the teams, right? Yes. Sorry, yeah. Well, down. I mean, you're the slide master, Monty. <laughs> talk about the, talk about the best team in college baseball because we haven't done it yet. All right. Yes, the inaugural Jacksonville College Baseball Classic champions, the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, a great weekend and a really, really fun uh, test for them. Um, some gritty wins. I think they found out uh, a lot of things about their team. 
Um, obviously, they're still going to have some questions, but they've got to be really pleased with what they got out of their offense. Um, they absolutely uh, handled Marcus Morgan um, on Saturday after going down 6 nothing. Uh, Jay Wolfuck looked really, 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 really good in his relief outing, the longest outing of his career. Um, I'm going to start with Micah. Micah, last week the, the sky was falling. Um, how are you feeling this week? I already got my ring fitted. Um, no, um, You went too was... far the other way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm jealous of you, Monty. I, I was, you know, again, if I didn't work in college athletics, I'd probably have been there this weekend as well. Uh, my family was not too far away. But, you know, it was – it. this team won in different ways. You know, they, they get down early against Iowa. And, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how you felt, Monty. I know you're a little more unbiased and I'm more that show the true colors of my Virginia fandom. But it really did feel like, wow, this team, especially after, you know, the Wichita State game kind of was – like you're glad they won, but it's not – like there wasn't any – I didn't walk away from the Wichita State win like, wow, this team is – you know, like that was a, like a great win. And, and then the way they come back against Iowa and then – I mean, that Sunday game with Auburn was the epitome of what Brian O'Connor has done in Virginia. Just answers the bell time after time. They are strong from start to finish. Great defensive plays to kind of save runs. I know, Monty, you highlighted it on your personal account, you know, the the run-saving play um, there at, at second. I mean, this team just – I mean – are they going to ever lose a non-conference game again? I'd probably say that they're going to probably lose the VMI tomorrow. But are they ever going to lose the non-conference game? Um, because at, it's just at some it's, point. It's overly but yeah, no. Um, this is this was a really good team. So I will say about Wichita State, um, they're they're going to have problems because other than Caden Favors, I don't know how good the rest of their pitching is. But their lineup is is a lot better than I think people realize. Um, and we saw that against Iowa, and we saw that against a little bit against Virginia. But, um, yeah, this was an outstanding weekend for Virginia, especially given the Hofstra thing. But they, they went in treating this as if it was a regional. So that's why Jay Wolfuck was not the Sunday guy. They wanted Jay Wolfuck um, if they needed him on Saturday in relief because they wanted to go 2-0 and and treat it like a regional. And that's why um, that's it, a really good way to test that because you don't get many opportunities to do that kind of a format during the regular season because those are three game series. Those are, um, but very very good stuff from the the uh, from Ford Godbout and, and the way the offensive clicked without O'Farrell and Anderson having good weekends. I mean that's got to be wonderful. By the way, I, I got to shout out Anthony Stefan. <laughs> Dude had 17 plate appearances. He was on base for 12 of them. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, um, but I mean, he had six walks. He took a he was he was he had two strikes on him and got hit by a pitch. And I've never seen somebody celebrate about getting on base, getting hit by a pitch so much because he knew the the pitcher was going to be frustrated that he just he had Tony on the ropes and Stefan takes a takes a pitch off the back and is like, "I'm on first base, let's go." And you know, I was talking to the SID and he was going to go back and look up how many times Stefan had started a rally. And he's sitting there in the number two spot uh, in between O'Farrell and Anderson, and he is getting overlooked. I mean, he didn't have any extra base hits or anything, but, I mean, 12 out of 17 um, uh, times getting on base is really impressive against the co- level of competition they were playing. 
Um, Nick, what, what were your thoughts on uh, this this Virginia baseball team? Man, just gritty. Like every single day was just gritty for these guys. Um, I think we talked about how Virginia might not look as good as they did last year after the Omaha run because they lost a lot of good players. But, man, I mean, how can you not come away from this – round robin and be like wow like virginia they're not going like they're not going anywhere they're really not um i think this was a better performance than what duke had last week against coastal indiana and george mason like this was so much better so so much better uh gritty wins um i'm just i'm just so happy that we finally get to see wake and virginia play each other uh this year because we didn't get to see that last year and this is going to be like a matchup for the ages uh, in this conference. So right now, how can you not say that Virginia, as of right now, because anything can change, but right now Virginia looks like an Omaha team to me. Like I know Micah's really going to hate you. Micah hates it anytime I crush on Virginia. Like as soon as I start glazing over Virginia, he hates it. Where it comes to football, basketball, he hates it. But <laughs> – I'm re- I like them a lot. I picked them to go to Omaha. I don't think they'll be out of it. Um, they look really good. They just reloaded. That's about all they did is just reload. Yeah, and, and I, I I brought it up with uh, with Oak uh, in one of the press press uh, conferences after Owen Cody start um, for the against Auburn, and he doesn't have the level of talent that that some of the other guys do, um, but he is a, a graduate transfer and has started a lot of games in his career and sometimes that craftiness even though he's like a high 80s fastball guy that craftiness is a lot really reminiscent of of brian edgington and nick parker last year who weren't necessarily the highest talented guys but they knew how to get outs they knew how to respond uh with guys you know in jams they knew how to keep composure and poise and that really showed the importance i wouldn't be surprised if we see owen cody claiming a rotation a permanent rotation spot because he while he doesn't have the talent some of the other guys he knows how to get outs he knows how to get guys out and that's so important um i know i just repeated myself but yeah jake what are your thoughts um i i'm gonna pump the brakes on virginia Uh, i know that all three of uh, everybody kind of got crazy keep keep in mind that jake not watch any of their games. Um, he was busy. That's not true. Uh, that's not true. Wheels, wheels kind of hooked that's me up not, there. That's got, not watching games. <laughs> uh, I got to watch I, Monty freaking out in the chat while simultaneously is another way to watch it. But I mean, I was very, very low on Wichita State in our preview show. I you were wrong about that. Did they win a game? Yes. Oh yeah, they did. They did win a game. They did win a game. Yeah, I forgot they were, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa. I felt a little bit more like i know virginia's got a good you know i call them the python where they kind of wrap around their opponents but i walked away feeling really really bad about iowa's bullpen i i think that there are a lot of issues there more so than virginia's lineup being as good as it is i think virginia's kind of in that 8 to 12 range i mean they won in gritty gritty ways like we mentioned um they're getting production from henry ford the freshman i know that's something that they didn't think i mean casey salke's still doing good um, but again, Get that I kid really, NIL deal. <laughs> I, I walked away feeling a lot worse about the other teams more so than Virginia being good. But, you know, at the end of the day, they went three and zero with 
two wins over top 25 teams. So maybe I'm just kind of. Did you walk away worse about Arkansas this weekend after struggling with a really bad Michigan team? That's also a mid-major big 10 team. Cause yes. I'm doing the logic yes. thing again. Yes. Micah. Yes. Again. Micah. The, Ar- the Arkansas fans came from my head. Um, I, I did say the exact same thing about Arkansas about their, their hitting being abysmal. Shocking. Shocking the I logic know. matches up this time. Um, <laughs> I know. I'll, this guy <laughs> always breaking my my back but, here. But I mean, at the same time, I, it, yeah, it's a good point with Iowa. I was simultaneously impressed with Iowa in some ways, and then really disappointed in others. And I have no idea how to walk away from That's that. That's the they Iowa could, experience. They their highs are highs, and they, their lows they, are lows. They easily could have gone three and zero as well as zero and three. So. Um, and but when you talk about their bullpen, they, they did get to uh, to Marcus Morgan. Let me let me pull up the score sheet there. That is the flip side of it. Is they did do a great job well, of getting into him. the Iowa bullpen. They tagged him for four runs um, in three innings. So um, the Python. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's and to, and Anthony Stefan's a big part of that. He just he he makes you work for it. And you got Bobby Whalen batting ninth, who doesn't even play every day. Um, we could talk about this Virginia team forever, but we need to get on with the show. Um, let's move on to the preview. Um, this will be pretty brief, but um, we've got the list of all the games up there, and there's a lot to look up on this screen. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast. We'll, we'll kind of explain some of the um, series that we're really looking forward to, but we'll start with Nick. What what games are you looking forward to this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, when Mike and I do this, we try to, like, not pick the basic answer, but I'm going to probably pick the ba- – actually – Someone's got to pick the basic answer, but, but, to be fair. But, yeah, there's, there's four of us on here now, so that, that helps a little bit, right? That does yeah. help. So since I'll go first – I, I, I will pick the basic answer, and I will say Clemson, South Carolina, because uh, we talked about it earlier. It's one of the better rivalries in college baseball. Uh, usually these two play in midweek, and the fact that they're playing a three-game series is really, really fun. Um, kind of like how ECU and UNC usually play in midweek. They played a three-game series this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um I think we're get we're gonna get a lot of great hitting out of these two teams, so I can't wait to see that. Are you going to any games this weekend uh, at Wake? I will be trying to go. I, see, what sucks is that their Friday game is at four, and I don't know why because you know people are still at work, and I'm still at work at four o'clock yeah. on a Friday. I think it's because the weather. They try I, to get it with a little bit more warmth in the I early part of the year. Yeah, it's the weather. Um, so I didn't I'm realize people to... in South Carolina worked. It's North Carolina. Come on now, Jake. You knew that. Come on. You went to school, right? I don't know how he got a, a degree, but uh, apparently <laughs> somebody gave him one. But I, I so I, I will be trying to go to Friday, and uh, I think I'll be trying to go to Sundays as well against Elon. So very, uh, very, we'll see. Very nice. Micah, what's your series? You can't say Clemson, South Carolina. Oh, man. Um, I think I got to go Akron Duke. Clearly, it's the best weekend now. Um, honestly, <laughs> I am going to go a little like off the cusp, though, because I mean, I, I kind of want to leave the two that I think people might go after. 
I I really want to see this Florida State team again. I, I know it's not a series, but this Illinois, Michigan State, Western Michigan kind of, I wouldn't call it a gauntlet, right? But this is by far the most challenging, you know, opponents that Florida State has seen. You're doing it at a neutral site in at the old Greenville Drive ballpark. I just, I really, really just want to see if this Florida State team, because if they dominate this weekend, they will be ranked in my top 25 next week. I'm just being very transparent. And by, and, and, and by dominate, you mean sweep, right? Correct. Sweep and, yeah. and, and, and not, you know, like if they have not- to walk off all three games or something, I might be a little more hesitant to right. potentially put them in the top 25. But if they, they do what they've been doing the last couple weekends, this weekend, there's no reason why they're not a top 25 team at this point. Yep. And like you said, you might be going to that Sunday game. Mm-hmm. That's so a little bias great to see. No, I mean, no, I have no problem with that. I'm excited that you might get the opportunity to go see some ACC baseball ahead of your uh, trip, which uh, begins when it is a start in Clemson. Starts next Wednesday. It does. Yep. So really exciting to get Mike on the road. He might get a little bit of uh, uh, on the road a little early uh, this weekend. Uh, hopefully he gets a chance to go see the uh, our, uh, our Seminoles in, uh, in, uh, against uh, Western Michigan. Um, Jake, um, you've had plenty of time to decide and you're still looking. I can see it. And I like you some golden ones here, though. So. <laughs> Yeah, you did leave me the golden ones, and I, I was looking up for like a cheese ball one. So I, I guess I'll just slide in here and go with the Vegas tournament. Um, Pitt at Oklahoma. Oklahoma looked really good first weekend. Pitt looked really good first, second weekend. That's going to be a gritty, gritty game. Ohio State, I mean, they looked decent against Arizona State. It's really not a, a slack. I think the winner of that game, if Pitt wins that, I'll be very, very impressed. And then Cal is quickly kind of played themselves into being that fringe kind of top 25 team. It's a sneaky, sneaky, good Vegas lineup that, again, um, about a month ago when I saw Mike Farron and Mike Rooney were going to be there, I kind of laughed at it. And now I'm a little bit jealous that they're going to be out in Vegas going to those games. I want to point something out, and I know this might be really weird, but it kind of bothers me. So that MLB Desert Invitational was also Ohio State and Cal, and all we did was sub BC – or pit for BC in this one. And then Oklahoma, who shouldn't have been in the NCAA tournament and Kansas State, who should have had their spot, who was in the MLB desert invitational. So like it, it's Good my point. only beat, because I was actually going to pick that Jake, but my only beat with it is it's like, we kind of saw half of this already. And I know like for the mm-hmm. ACC side, it's a different ACC team, but it was like, we got a little taste of what Ohio state is with, you know, Boston college oh, two weekends ago now. And same thing with Cal. So Cal's good, good, though. I mean, the stuff we saw from Cal is that they're good. BC beat them. They they did. That they did, yeah. Cal Cal is undefeated in (laughs) non-ACC games. So now you've left me to decide between the two other uh, big series, whether it's Florida at Miami or Clemson – not Clemson, Georgia Tech or Georgia. And I've got to stay – got to say, in terms of star power – now you're making me choose between Daniel Cuvay and Drew Burris, and I don't appreciate that. That um, was the plan all along, Monty. We know that article. Yeah, we actually coming. had a little text thread that we were like, let's yeah. see if we can make Monty pick his uh, preseason freshman of the year right now, um, which series he wants to watch this week. Oh, 
yeah. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to say Georgia Tech versus Georgia. Um, just the, the Georgia Tech, I want to see how their pitching faces, uh, faces Georgia. Um, I think Miami's just not my favorite. Um, I'm excited about this Georgia Tech team. Um, so that's, I'm going to pick Georgia Tech versus Georgia. It's going to be a fun series, hopefully. Um, regardless of who ends up winning the series, hopefully it's three good games. Um, so I'm going to go with that one. Jake, are you going to any games this weekend? Yes, I'm going to be in Houston for LSU, Texas, Vandy, Houston, Louisiana, Lafayette, and Texas State. So no, right, ACC. So no, no ACC team. So don't follow Jake this weekend if you're listening. Um, but uh, I'll be uh, – I'm deciding still between uh, UMass and Virginia, but I think I'm going to be going to Williamsburg for Boston College and William & Mary and then uh, VCU and Boston College on Sunday. Um, yeah, it's the something called the Central Virginia Invitational, and yet it's not at one stadium. It's Boston College just kind of touring the Central Virginia area and other teams. It's other not schools at one well. stadium? It's not at the Diamond? Yeah. No, it's so Sunday's oh. at the Diamond, but so BC actually plays at Richmond on Friday at 1.30 in the afternoon, and then oh. they're at Williamsburg uh, in, at William & Mary on Saturday, and then back in Richmond at the Diamond on Sunday. Because Central Connecticut State, who hasn't played a game, by the way, the only team in college baseball who hasn't, is also playing in this Central Central Virginia Classic, and they I didn't realize they were traveling around either. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I was trying to determine what I was doing, I assumed they were all at the diamond. And then when I started chasing it down, found out it wasn't. So I'm glad I found that out before games. But how um, far is uh, Williamsburg from Richmond? Like 45 minutes. Yeah, uh, okay. might be. It might be closer to an hour. But I'm on. I'm a little. I'm a little bit east southeast. So I might. Maybe the way Monty it. drives is 45 minutes. I mean, I just flash my badge and go right through. So. Joking, yeah. joking, joking. Nobody uh, knows my day job, so I'm good. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you had so, a badge for McDonald's that could get you through traffic. Uh, anyway, we are moving on. We, we Quick uh, discussion of our power rankings. You can see all of our individual power rankings. That includes everybody on this podcast, plus Noah, plus Grayson, and plus Cole. Um, and we took all of our power, uh, power rankings and added them together. And this is this week's power rankings. Duke remains at number one. Virginia rises up two spots after their victory uh, in Jacksonville to, to number two. Wake Forest remains at number three. Clemson drops following their loss to Kennesaw State at number four. Florida State up to five. Georgia Tech is six, despite Nick and Micah ranking them at ten. Uh, North Carolina at seven, Pittsburgh at eight. They're in the top eight of the ACC in the power rankings. NC State's up two after their series win in Hawaii, despite uh, you know the debate Micah and uh, Nick have already had on this show. Virginia Tech finally getting a little bit of respect. They're up three spots. Miami loses uh, their midweek last week to Central Florida. They lose to Long Island, so they're two and two since the last power ranking. So apparently. We dropped them five spots. I had them at number seven. We can get into that. BC drops two. Notre Dame drops one. Louisville remains last at 14. Uh, Micah, what are your thoughts? So, obviously, I have, we all have access to the spreadsheet. And so, I was able to figure out Georgia Tech at six shocked me considering how Nick and I voted for them, right? And obviously, I've been yep. the Georgia Tech slander person. I was trying to figure out because, you know, Florida State came in at five. And so I was like, 
obviously they were ahead of Georgia Tech, but I was like, I, I'm trying to figure out because I had Florida State, you know, number three in mind. So I was like, I wonder if, you know, someone was really down on Florida State. And I figured out who that was. And that was our good buddy, Grayson. Grayson, uh, if you're listening slash watching, I, I want to have some words with you. Because, again, I've, I've already preached on the whole Georgia Tech and just the quality of team they've played so far and question marks there. So I was I was shocked to see that he had Georgia Tech at 5 and Florida State at 10. So I guess I was surprised to see Georgia Tech above North Carolina when, you know, By again. one point. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was just shocked to see that because, again, like, I obviously had Georgia Tech a lot lower than, than, than most on this, but – Again, it was just kind of surprising to see, again, teams especially, too, that are in top 25s with NC State and, and North Carolina. And, and, I mean, even Pitt has been, you know, pretty dominant. And it was just – I was shocked to see Georgia Tech at six, especially when you factor in Nick and I. You know, again, there's only, what, six of us voting? Math is really, really hard for me, guys. Seven. Seven. You know, seven. When, when two of the seven have them at ten, it's it's a little surprising to see them at six. Yeah, and, and, and people are doing the power rankings on how they feel the team performed in the last week and in response to where they were last week. So so that – and some of that I think that's what some people are doing. Some people might be doing a little bit different. But the way it is right now is it's a little confusing because, again, you don't know – somebody's high on somebody else. Uh, somebody's seeing something about Georgia Tech that makes them feel they're better than Micah thinks they are. So – you're going to have these kind of disparaging things, but then as the season goes, I think we're going to get a lot more in line. Um, but um, Nick, what do you, what do you think about NC state? What do you think about Miami dropping five spots? Oh man. Um, it doesn't really surprise me with NC state. Um, I kind of had them at eight and I know some people were kind of low on them after the VCU VCU loss, but Going up two is fine. I know they're kind of low right now, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, they're they're like I said, they still kind of feel like last year's team a little bit. And Miami, Miami down five, that does surprise me. I I only dropped them one. I had them six last week, and now I have them seven. Um, I don't know. I guess losing the midweek really. People don't like it when they lose to when uh, our teams lose to midweek. So Nick, I, Nick I, I will say I'm I'm a big reason for that. I'm gonna be the first one to admit it. I, no, well. I saw yours. You have them at 13, right? Yeah, I had them at six the week before, and they dropped all the way to 13 for me. And I think again, I just I may have punished losing the UCF and then losing an LIU game for me was just. I mean UCF. For those who don't know, is currently the number one RPI team in college baseball. So maybe UCF is a lot better, Monty or Jimmy Jake. You're a Big Twelve. I, I think UCF might need to be, you know, maybe they should be talked about a little bit more. Maybe, but no, maybe no, 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 maybe not. But you know, I think just for me, the the two and two week, you know, with again, we're talking about when we power rank these AC teams, right? We're talking about teams that are all every AC team right has a winning record now. No, Louisville's oh, yeah. gotten right, or at least they're Louisville's, four, right? Louisville's 500. Yep. Yeah. But everyone so else is. Everyone's 500 or above, right? So you're, you're, you're kind of nitpicking, right? And Miami was one of the few teams that didn't have a winning record last week. So for me, again, you got small sample sizes. 
I'll be the first one to admit that I maybe overreacted a little bit, but I, I'll just give everyone an idea of what I do for my primary rings. I don't look what I did last week. I literally look and I go, okay, what have I seen so far in two weeks? And especially this early on. Now, again, as we go on further and further, I'll try to be a little more cognizant of what I had the week before because obviously there's a reason why I voted it the way I did the week before. But we're two weeks in. So if I'm going to put a lot of weight in, in last week, I need to put a lot of weight into this week because there's only, you know, again, two weeks worth of sample. What what made you um, – because Notre Dame only split their series. What made you put Notre Dame over Miami? I just think that LIU is really, really bad at baseball. If I'm just being <laughs> – Okay, fair I think, I think <laughs> – and, and again, like Gage Zeal struggling a little bit on Friday night has me very concerned as well. I mean – Yeah. And I, again, I've – Monty joked about it last week on the show, and I'll be the first one to admit. I watched I a lot joke. of Miami again this weekend because they're playing night games when everyone else is playing day games. If I actually kind of love. I, I do love that um, being able to watch Miami or at least somebody at seven o'clock. Because correct, yeah, so it is nice. So maybe that's part of it too. Is like I'm so I'm watching so much of it, and with the expectations I have, maybe I'm taking some of that. Where like you know, I don't I don't want to make myself sound like I'm not you know trying to be informed. I work, I work a lot of baseball games at 3 o'clock on Fridays. If you play at 3 or 4 o'clock, I'm going to be going back and watching highlights and just box scoring. I'm not watching it live. I'm not feeling that emotion of, you know, the 3-2 the counts that you're getting and, and, you know, maybe guys battling stuff off. So maybe that's part of it too. Don't don't listen to him, fans. He watches everything. You guys, he's just trying to be humble and, and provide, um, you know, some some modesty here so but jake what are your thoughts um on our power rankings before, as we wrap this up well um this might be the first time i've ever been within two of other people's of our official ranking i feel like i had the most mean power ranking like i had virginia at one duke at two and then other than that i think the only thing was i had um let me double check. I'm Sorry, I'm looking and you are you, I'm looking at you and and nothing was away from two uh, of the mean. Everything was either spot on or within one. Um, I, th I think if I could go back and coincidentally, I didn't really watch Notre Dame or Boston. Uh, I watched Boston College, not really watched Notre Dame. I probably would have flipped them if I if I could do that right now. But again, I think we're kind of splitting hairs, like Micah said. A it lot of this stuff it, is gonna. It wouldn't have affected it. Yeah, it there's seven points between them, so you flipping them would have, wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, um, Miami. I mean, they, they lost to LIU in not embarrassing fashion, but again, it was a lot more cause for concern than Clemson getting rocked on Friday. But then again, they were my kind of biggest faller too as well. But I'm excited to kind of see this weekend. This is almost like Judgment Day for a lot of these ACC teams as they roll into these SEC schools. We're we're gonna yeah. find out who the best conference is. Yep, and we'll be doing another preview sh or another recap show. It'll hopefully be our last recap show of non-conference uh, because we'll have a little bit more condensed as, as ACC play starts and we get them playing each other. Um, but uh, we'll have uh, – this show is going to be available live or uh, to be able to be replayed on YouTube. It will also be going to Spotify under the Just Means Less podcast uh, around the diamond. Um uh, whenever Micah, whenever I get the audio over to Micah, uh, uh, we got a ton Bonnie of content coming out from us. Audio over to him. <laughs> we we have a special show on Thursday with our Clemson. I'm lag.
Yeah, you're lagging like crazy. Money, I can take it. You're lagging like nobody's business. We couldn't hear any of that. But I I can kind of fill in a little bit if you would need to. Just give me a thumbs up in a very laggy thing for like five seconds. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Thursday we're going to have a a special in the Palmetto State. Um, We're going to have our own Cinderella from South Carolina going with Cole from Clemson. I think that there's going to be a lot of banter as those two fan bases really don't like each other and those two – writers kind of wear their hearts on their sleeves saturday we got the weekend rotation um micah is going to be posting this on the acc just means less as well so look for that on spotify um this has been jake mckeever micah and nick from fhq or just fq sorry about that and monty with his lagginess um we'll see everybody next week